0: Disclaimer, the following boundless puttrap episode contains strong opinions that some listeners may and will find offensive. If you cannot accept or respect others with a differing opinion from
1: yours, then fuck off. Now y'all ain't playing no fucking these chickens are Picture it. Sicily, 1920. Aren't we fucking
2: funny? Streaming from the Midwest, right in the middle of the U.S. From Omaha, Nebraska, you're listening to the Boundless Pod Trap, your entertainment podcast where we touch on all topics, from the crazy and absurd, to the sacred and profane, and even the useless and unnecessary. The Boundless Pod Trap knows no bounds. And now, here are your hosts. So I'm going to ask you guys a question here. Do you think it's about time we got a new intro for our podcast? This is episode 39.
0: 39? I'm fine with it. We're, 39 we're, we're, and we're I'm feeling fine.
2: We're going to 40. is our next one. And I feel like we need to change it up. Why? I, I, I feel like we need to add audio clips.
3: I from, think we do need to add up more of for some of the personalization.
2: The best of. So just yeah. things
3: that Lonnie and I say.
2: So. Just audio clips from him and I.
3: I don't get it. Uh, well, we can we put your sound <laughs> effect on your phone wah. There's been none of that in like years.
2: Anyways, this is <laughs> years, episode I mean, thirty nine. Believe it or not, fellas, thirty nine episodes. I don't feel that that's just. I know we say this a lot, but I don't feel like we've done thirty nine episodes. I know it's and as frequently as we record
0: episodes now, doing one a month. 39 episodes
3: has been like almost three years at this point.
2: It feels like it. And
1: that's about
3: 60 episodes that we've done.
2: Yeah. It's so weird because if you go to on Spotify, our channel, whatever on there, and you can, you can scroll. I know. I was saying the same thing when we were
3: at like 17 episodes. I'm like, whoa. Yeah.
2: No. I was trying to find a certain one, and I was scrolling. okay. <laughs> I,
3: I, I think I'm t- right when is I that said Aaron that. Neville, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the look, the, the touch, the fat <laughs> <So laughs> I, I got you. Hold on, let me change your settings. Okay. So,
2: so sad news. I know this has been a while back, but obviously we record these like once a month. But Gilbert Gottfried died. Yeah, True. that was hard. That was, yeah. that was surprising. It was, but apparently he has been sick with something. I don't
3: right. know that they've released... There's it. like a mus- muscular yeah. dystrophy, like uh, yeah. some sort of... At the time of at but he's the time had it for a long time.
0: Of, at the time of us recording this, yeah, they haven't released a cause of death, I don't think.
2: No, I, I don't think so either, but, but he was only 67. Yeah, it's just young. to me, I thought he was... Not much, much older than that, but I thought he was well in his 70s. Yeah. And when my father
0: passed away, he was 66. And I thought that was way too young. Like, and then with him being 67, it's like, wow, like, I guess it's common. Well,
2: my dad, unfortunately, my dad passed away at the age of 50, which, which that's way too young. It is. But people would always say that. But when I was 20 or 21, when he passed away, I think I was 20 and yeah, I was 20 and to me, like fifty years old is like old. I it mean, it seems it's, it. It seems it. Yeah, but it's but like now you, that when you are in six,
0: when I am like thirty seven, though, it's like it's yeah, not quite yeah, old enough. I am
3: twelve years away from the age my dad has passed away. But it's kind of very on point. It's very symbolic to uh, something else. Everybody dies. Everyone dies. Which is a song lyric by Typo Negative. Who Peter Steele died today? Which recording this is April Fourteenth really yeah and this episode is gonna be our darkest it hour. is and and that's kind of why I start off with
2: that but it also got me to thinking too that I just feel like anymore every week there's a handful of celebrities that are dying and yeah. I don't know if it's because social media is just so overpowering at this point that it's just common to your phone give you an alert or your computer give you an alert about somebody dying. But at the same time, I thought, like, you know, several years ago, social media was still as strong as it is today. Right. But I
3: don't remember... The culture of it changes constantly. Like, these days, the way that information is spread is so sensationalized. So it's like they try to hook you with the feelers. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, my God, this person died. So it's like you're already gauged to that. So Oh, shit. Oh, shit. that That... I feel it now. Well, I think it's twofold as well. I think...
0: Back in the day, social media—well, not back in the day, but a couple of years ago, m- m- three to four years ago even, I, it sounds crazy, but I think we were a slight bit more respectful for people's privacy. Yeah, we we would, very much We said. would be like, oh, this person died, okay, we'll let the family grieve and that, and then we'll be part of it. Now we've kind of lost that as humanity, and we're like, who died? Oh, I got to share it. Like, I get it that your favorite celebrity died— you're not as important as their wife, husband, kids, family. So you're not going to be the one who's going to be holding the flowers at their funeral.
2: So, Well, and I'm kind of guilty of that. I was going to say, too, I think that these media outlets, it's common to hear somebody hours after they pass away hitting the news because all these news media outlets want to be the first to break the news. That's how everything is. And, and they're just as guilty as yeah, people. And, and and I am because I heard I was at work working on the computer and the thing popped up in the corner, right. saying Gilbert Godfrey and I put a post out about it because it was just like that one it was shocking to me oh absolutely and, yeah and it was just like part of me is just like oh I'm gonna put this up first so you know maybe I'll be the person
3: that well and,
2: and even before you sent that
0: message to us I'd read it on Reddit.
3: Right. Like it was, and out. we had plans, yeah, that, <laughs> with yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, so. that,
2: and I don't want to say it's a sucky thing because it sounds selfish, but yeah, I had the idea and was planning on reaching out to Gilbert Gottfried to do the uh voiceover for the unemployed W2 trailer.
3: Then he had to go Once do himself we, a dead because yeah, it's, such, <laughs> an, <laughs> it's such an iconic
2: voice. Uh, and for those that don't know who he is, I mean, I guarantee you, the one thing you will know of when I say this. That was his voice was he
3: was the Iago. voice of the,
2: the, the Aflac, duck. Aflac duck. He was the
3: first one. Then they like, he made a tweet about something and it wasn't even that, I didn't think it was that bad. But then again, the way that I critically analyze certain things is like, oh, it's just words. Well, I mean, there's a- Comedians right? being comedians, that's there, it. There's a, a comedian friend of ours. Well, at least my I'm friends with
2: him on Facebook. Local guy named Ben Webb. And oh, he, yeah. He did a, a video to Gilbert Yesterday, I believe it was doing his impression of him, and he sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> he sounds <laughs> just like him. So, I mean, I guess that's another option for our voiceover for the the trailer. But yeah, it's crazy. And that picture that Gilbert Gottfried posted not too long ago of him, Louis Anderson, and Bob Saget rolling with Saget. What? No. Bob. Bob Saget. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, I don't know. It is it, to me like every week there's a few celebrity deaths and it's crazy i mean some are young just like um the drummer for foo fighters uh taylor taylor hawkins is that his name yeah yeah
3: but he had i mean he he was yeah he he was a heavy drinker yeah he speaking of which you guys got some really nice looking livers oh we do yeah i think this room has some nice livers
2: thank you it's uh (laughs) definitely uh the best livers in podcasting i would say yeah, and that's <laughs> that needs to be a tagline for us. Now. <laughs> that should be. But we're gonna. So yeah, we gotta change the up the, the intro. And we need to have another voiceover person say the best livers, <laughs> the best livers in podcasting. Thank uh, you,
3: Scott. Yeah, for we're gonna need you to come back again.
2: We need to when it gets closer to Halloween. I want to have him as a guest on here. It's gonna have to be pre pre halloween like, yeah like, like july july <laughs> because that's when we start setting up the haunted
1: house
3: and like nike's well i mean we uh, can film it in august and we'll come out in october that's how oh,
2: we yeah well, I, I that's mean, how these I, come I'd out love, i'd love to have you guys um
3: i'd love to have you too <laughs>
2: come out one night you too and maybe do a on location podcast that should, that'd be fun yeah at the shadow's edge haunted house the dot
3: anyway two blocks north of the Adam and Eve. I. I eighty speed.
1: I eighty <laughs> speedway. speedway. <laughs> you
3: heavier. don't even know your shit. <laughs> Neither I- does anybody else I-80. here. I guess. Yeah? <laughs> well,
0: if you ever drove on I eighty, it is I eighty yes, speedway sure. nowadays.
3: So we're gonna be like seeing a lot more of each other in the next few weeks. It looks like. Yeah. This we've only been kind of. I mean, Jeremy and I see each other throughout the month. Lonnie and I see each other at least at least once a month because yeah. of recordings and all. But Except for when you stare at his pictures, I'm like, yeah, cry. It's, a, it's my screen cap, desktop background. Yeah, he's got my abs perfectly right. glitched. You, you can't see my abs in that picture. Yeah, I could feel them.
1: <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, we got so a lot going on this. We're going to be starting filming our first shoot, first shot for Luggage and Layover. We're going to be starting a script reading in the next few weeks as well for our feature length. Yeah. It's like spending so much time together, our cycles are going to start syncing up here. I
2: know. It's going to be great.
0: Uh. So
3: the thing about
2: Luggage and Layover is it's your, Justin, your first writing and director credit for Shorty Films. For Shorty Films, yes. Yeah. Um, Uh. And, you know, it's... Interesting. I mean, it's it's definitely going to show a different side of what can be produced with Shorty Films. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah, when I say interesting, I'm not yeah, saying it bad. It's going
3: to be the best thing a Shorty Films and,
2: has. And, and one thing you did forget yeah. to mention, too, is Lonnie's movie, The Last Goodbye, that he wrote and I directed back in November of 2020. 2020, yeah. We are making plans on getting that completed here. February of last before year. Before... So we released
3: One More It's not bo- confidential. It's got potential. Good. Okay. <laughs> so
2: we released Shorty Films' first movie, One More Body, on July 1st? Something. Of last year. So the goal is to release The Last Goodbye before july 1st so we can have two movies out within the same year possibly three because under the willow tree we did our film fest omaha film festival here it's making its rounds in the california film festival circuit out there yeah it's, it's doing great too we is. got we got to give a shout out to
0: kate Pryor for winning best actress yes in she. california
2: She won Best Actress in a California Film Festival for Under the Willow Tree. And then, yeah, it's more than likely going to be submitted and hopefully accepted to Flatwater Film Festival, which will take place in October. But like everything, the whole purpose of Shorty Films is our short films are things we want to get out there for people to see. And so we want to release Under the Willow Tree as soon as possible. Like Justin was saying, too, we've got our scheduled for, it'll probably be after this podcast is released, but our first full cast table read-through for Unemployed W-2 is taking place soon, and that's been... Fun. Fun and hectic, hectic. at the same time, <laughs> trying to get these, just these final get- locations and...
3: Coordinating is... It sounds so easy. Coordinating looks good on paper.
2: (laughs) You can can be as organized as you want, but when you have to wait on other businesses and places to get back to you, you're not a priority to them. And I don't mean that as like dickheads. I mean that like as they have things going on. And a lot of times when it's something like this, like obviously we're not a big company. If we were Warner Brothers or something like that, they'd be getting back to us right away but it's just yeah it's stressful and it's like justin you 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 have like the smallest smallest (laughs) cast possible and smallest story and locations and i mean it's just not especially
3: locations for you has just been the biggest yeah it's the getting back and then like I'm the type of person who, I mean, I, we're very much alike in the sense that we want to be as clear and concise as possible. It's like, I want to give you all the information I need, send it up and see if you can answer this point, this point, this point. And when I'm getting the answers back, like, oh, uh, you could do this. I'm like, that's, that's not answering any of my questions. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah, we do got a lot of stuff coming up here. And I mean, I'm to that point here. I do have July set for... When we first
3: start filming. Oh, I can't before. do July. That's my birthday month. God damn it.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's the thing you joke about.
1: Fired.
3: Like, something like that's going to come up, but <laughs> a lot of things coming up with that. I've decided to put my entire family on hold until we can get this. <laughs> through. So, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I just nicer.
0: can't wait to be pissed on. Like I'm excited.
3: Yeah. And I got a female. Too Spoilers. she's going to be getting
2: yeah. pit, pissed. Do on I too. get a piss on her or is she? Pissed you guys on aren't me? even in the same scene. Damn. It's separate. <laughs> so, damn. Anyways. So yeah, this episode is going to be a little bit of a darker episode, a more depressing episode. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Can
0: I, can I lead us in with something fun before we get into all the dark? Something I kind of want to sure pat myself on the oh, back. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So uh, I went to a trade show yesterday. And for those of you kids who don't know what a cassette tape or a trade <laughs> show is, a trade show is like a flea market, but for particular things. Drugs. It, some, it could be drugs, but weapons. So I went to a horror collectible trade show yesterday in Kansas city. For those of you who don't know where Kansas city is, it is pretty much dead center in the United States. But from where I live, it's about two hours away. So me and my buddy jumped in a car and we went down there and there was so much cool shit that I could have spent tens of thousands of dollars on. Luckily I didn't. But the two things that I got that I'm so excited about since 1996, I've been collecting g men serial killers and murderers trading cards the 1992 set and i promised i would never buy a single one of them online i would only get them from people i'm seeing from trading or buying and i was able to fill up my set yesterday so i have the whole entire set i couldn't be prouder than i am but the thing i am most excited about and i took one of my prized possessions i have two of them Nightmare on Elm Street, Suffer the Children, the very first novel written about Nightmare on Elm Street, never been opened, still in the original packaging. I took it to trade, see what I could get out of it.
3: And you lost it.
0: No, I did not lose it. I I was very well kept care of, but I was there looking around and I went up to this guy who collected serial killer and killer memorabilia and I was looking at stuff, looking at stuff and he had one particular piece of memorabilia that I was very excited to see. We discussed it for quite a while and he's like, I just can't sell the thing. It's been here forever. And I showed him my book and I said, let's make a deal. He's like, oh, this is a good piece. So you guys
3: went to the bathroom?
1: Yeah, no, we just
3: <laughs> did
0: it right there. And then he wanted $1,000 for the item. I was thinking 750 or 800 for my book. We came to the consensus. We traded. A little bit of money switched hands. He left with a book. I left with a doll.
2: Yeah, which is
0: sitting by me. Which is sitting right in the middle of Very the studio. Very uncomfortable. Staring. I feel like it's haunted. It is it could be haunted but it's I like a little I doubt it's haunted.
3: Geisha with a little kimono. Its eyes are like just like it's been crying and its makeup's running. <laughs> crying geisha. But there's there's does, a, does it have a name? No. I don't know.
0: It was it in but the specifics of this doll are amazing. And I'm not going to mention on air who was the possessor of this doll, but I'll give facts. So if you want to put 2 and 2 together, And by possessor,
3: you mean who had it or who who was in it? (laughs) No,
0: who owned it.
3: A celebrity?
0: So, Yes, almost. So this doll was possessed by a mass murderer, killed 15 people. And when it was taken as evidence by the police, along with a whole bunch of other stuff, once it was deemed as the case was closed, the family was told to come get it. Family didn't want it, so it went back with all the other possessions to the school. The school took their possessions out of it through the rest of the way. The sheriff from Johnson County in Colorado seen it, told the janitor. The janitor picked it up, brought it to the brother. I got it
3: from the brother. Why is so, why was this confiscated? Because I they took everything out uh, of the locker. Oh, it was in the. It okay. was in his locker. All right, never yeah. Mind. So yeah.
2: so you bought it from the brother. I bought it from the brother of the janitor who took it out oh. of the trash can. I thought you were going to say the brother of the killer. No, no. Like, uh.
0: So it was the sheriff told the janitor, they're done with it. He cleaned it out, threw it all away. The janitor told the brother, who was a collector, about it was going in the trash. Brother came and got it.
3: A collector or a hoarder?
0: <laughs> Either or. So... Is this factual? Factual. Or? 100% factual. There are pictures. There Does was, it come with a certificate? Well, I don't really <laughs> think certi- you can
3: certificate that stuff, but they, there was pictures. You could certificate anything if you're if you're, if you're, if you're good enough. But so
0: I think for, with two and two together, you can figure that out. For the listeners,
3: what year was this? That uh, took-
0: 1999.
2: Okay.
3: This was caught in the trenches of the garbage?
2: Yeah. So- it's really. It was uncomfortable to look at this before. Yeah, but now knowing where this came from, right? It's very uncomfortable, which is why I kind of kicked it a little bit closer to you. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's. It's just a doll. It makes you wonder, like, why? Like, right. why would it have been there in the first place? I
0: don't like, know. He that was just a doesn't seem like weird kid. Just something he probably had.
3: Is it looking at that's you? That's why or I you? don't.
0: That's why when he said, it, "If it's haunted, probably not," because.
3: It's just going straight but. into Moxley's crib. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's definitely going into the horror
2: room, but So yeah, I mean, obviously this doll was not made up like this. There's no way they made this doll. No, to look this like is that. all so him. He did all this. Yeah. Wow. Is it kiss makeup? What is it? I don't know. I haven't touched it
0: in case it was something that would rub off. I didn't want to mess with it, and I didn't want to rub it off. The so,
2: eyes are just so damn realistic on right? this thing. Yeah, they like they look into your soul. They really do. It's it makes you dog. wonder if there's something inside of it that,
3: yeah, like plastic, like, like no, like horse he, hair.
2: He hid something in it that oh, like actual like, physical something in it.
0: Yeah,
3: like his DNA. Well, uh, ugh, ugh. 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 Boys, boys. Well, that, boys, that's boys. Kind
2: of, that's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, and to know that it is for sure, and yeah. they weren't blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah. And he
0: had it, that guy had it out of the trash can. It was, they were done with evidence by 2000. The school took all the school property, the books, the other things the school lends out, and then they just threw everything else away.
2: Wow! So you said that there was pictures. What do you mean pictures? Like so, how-
0: when when they were taking it out of the trash can. So when they were taking pictures of the school, taken out of the school trash can into the actual dumpster.
3: Just like forensic style. Yeah. Man. Well, it's that definitely is, is creepy. That's content, a, so.
2: a one of a kind thing. Yeah. No duplications. That's
0: crazy. Yeah, the guy said he's been trying to sell it since early two thousands. No one's wanted it, and I just happened to see it, and I was like. I took an affinity for it. And I'm like, I want serial killer stuff. <laughs> and I guess this is close to it. So yeah, basically. are was, you, he was well, willing to trade me straight across for the book. So are you uh, advocating
3: serial killer
1: stuff I so mean, you can have a
3: larger, uh,
0: it's appropriate for this episode,
3: but kill room and abort and not necessarily kill room, but yeah.
0: <laughs> I just think it's one of those cool. It's like getting Jeffrey Dahmer's spoon
3: like <laughs> <too>. <laughs> yeah. s- skull spoon that he's you yeah well that's
2: interesting i think you should collect more stuff like that i would like to it's so expensive though i mean i, I definitely I, I wouldn't drop money on something like that just because i mean you said the pictures were there but i'm very like like mm. very leery of yeah, stuff like, like, like that yeah could, of course you could easily fake some stuff 100 percent. yeah i don't think you could really fake crime scene type photos and, right yeah and whatnot but well that's interesting and i mean <sighs>
3: If we put this online, is it going to be easy to search? Like search? Like if you have a picture of this, are people going to- I know? don't know.
0: I don't know if they put crime scene photos up,
3: but- I mean, if you could do like a back image search or something like that of this particular Maybe. doll, it might come up with something. I don't know if
0: they show pictures of lockers or whatnot, but-
3: You guys go about it. I'm, <laughs> Jeremy's doing a little- <laughs> Wrong thing. Interesting. What What else do you have in your inventory-
0: Really, that's one of my first major pieces. Like, I've got some newspaper printings.
3: Gotcha. Nothing of the perpetrator's items, just more so things that are about the- Oh,
0: there's nothing specific about about that particular thing. It was just, hey, cool.
3: Right. But I um, mean, in, to add this to the collection that you see- I have a collection, like, so
0: I have newspapers from Ed Gein, okay. and I have
3: articles about- The Warrens and all that, or-
0: Not so much about the Warrens because they didn't really print much in the newspaper about them. But I've got news articles about Ed Gein and I have a news article about Albert Fish and stuff like that. So nothing huge like this, but just little things. So
3: every now and then when I'm walking through apartments at my job, some people will leave things out in the hallway. I was like, take for free. And I always keep markers on me. So I'll be like. I'll write haunted above it it's like, <laughs> haunted take for haunted, free <laughs> haunted, haunted free shit. Take it. Yeah. I can't find
2: anything on it, but
3: yeah, we'll take a picture of this and throw this on. Yeah. That way it's, uh, it's not like 20 minutes of talking about a doll that nobody can see. <laughs> yeah, It's quite, it, it kind of, I think it's
2: sexy. It looks okay. I forget what I was about to just say that <laughs> after that. And I'll say it off there. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so, Lonnie, we're going to start with your topic tonight. Okay. Believe it or not, that was not his topic. That uh,
0: was not my topic. That was just something to lighten the mood a little but bit. But we're,
2: we're going to, uh, Lonnie's going to talk with his. Justin has a topic that's going to lead into eulogies. Give or take. Eulogies, and, weeks, speeches. Uh, yeah. And then the main topic, my topic today is going to be about the 2017 Las Vegas shooting. So, we got a lot to discuss today, and we're going to start with Lonnie. Ah,
0: strap in, kids. So, cell phones have become pretty much a part of everybody's life.
3: Right. No.
0: And just the advancement of technology. And
3: Have you ever looked at your cell phone and, like, think that it wants to fuck you? I hope so. Okay. At least something does. All right. Uh, <laughs> Not just me.
0: But, so, I compiled some information from 2000, which... Doesn't seem that long ago, but was actually 22 years ago. And now, yeah, was. and just seeing the what the impact of technology, specifically cell phones, has done to us as people. So compiled some facts, and a lot of them were kind of shocking. And I was kind of telling Jeremy this a little bit, that the topic kind of took over itself. So some facts to share. Cyberbullying, which... I mean, there was the internet and it was a pretty big thing and chat rooms were huge and IMing was huge and cell phones were starting to come out and texting was big. Back in 2000, 3% of people said they would cyber bully people if they could get away with it. And 2% of people actually did.
3: I feel like those numbers are usually misconstrued because I mean, like there are a certain amount of people who are... Being honest in survey takings. Right. So it's probably even higher than that. Right. So
0: in 2022, 70% of people said they would cyberbully if they could get away with it.
3: It's like there's a lot of narcissists in this world and they're right. not honest. So, and,
0: and 40% of people do. That was 80% until COVID. And that actually went down to 70%.
3: No, it's at a hundred percent.
0: Well, it's it's a pr- and that was one of the numbers that surprised me that you would figure with isolation would make people more of. Assholes, I was just going to ask, but if it I actually was... lowered it because it's they're just happy to see and communicate with people. I assume.
2: I guess because yeah, I was just going to ask you if I was understanding that correctly because I would have thought it would have went up as well. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all I did during COVID was just bullying <laughs> <on the crap. laughs> all <What> kind <laughs> of people.
0: Yeah, I got really good at it. <laughs> the suicide rate in 2000 was 404,000 people a year. So 404,000 people a year committed suicide in the year 2000. Then the year 2022, 644,000 people a year took their own life. How say that again? 644,000? people a year killed themselves in the United States. How Jeez. is that even possible? Right? We're
3: always making babies. Wow.
0: Yeah. Astronomical numbers and in the last 20 years it has went up by 200,000 people.
3: I mean we can't necessarily attribute that all to bullying. No, not at all. But people kill themselves for various reasons. Right. Some of it is terminal situations where they just want to have control over it.
0: Well, yeah, so. exactly. Here's where I thought the trend would continue, but here's where the topic kind of flip-flopped and got really interesting to me. Teen pregnancies in 2000 83 per every thousand people.
3: What's the general number before that? What do, do you have?
0: And that's in 2000. Right,
3: in 83, 2000.
0: 83 kids for every thousand kids was a teen pregnancy.
3: That was half of my graduating class. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. In
0: 2022, 17
3: for every thousand kids. Jeez, wow. Wait, 2002? Or 2022, sorry. Okay.
0: 17 for every thousand
3: there's a push with sexuality as far as living your best life and having your, you know, ho summer or whatever. But there's also a, a counter push to other things as far as learning the education. Right.
0: Well, but think of the hookup culture we're
3: in. Oh, yeah. And Omaha's worse. Omaha was, I don't know what it is currently, but it was the highest STD rate in the nation.
0: All well, right. Yeah. And, th- and with it so easy to communicate with all the dating apps, with all the anonymity behind it all. You'd figure that number would be huge. The divorce rate in 2000, 19 per thousand people. 19 really? people, if you asked a thousand people, 19 of them were divorced in 2000. 2022, you asked that same. Uh, this
3: is the divorce that happened in the year or the people who were divorced despite the year?
0: In the year of 2000, if you would ask a thousand people, 19 of them would say they were divorced.
3: Right.
0: In the year 2022, if you asked a thousand people,
2: Two and a half of them would say they were divorced. Really? Yeah. See, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right to me. It, it doesn't. I feel like so many people I know are getting divorced. Right.
0: And
3: that's. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's people you know. So big city style, like there's other people who are in the outer skirts. He's talking about the nation.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about all of
3: the United States. I, I big cities are probably going to have bigger divorce rates.
0: And I don't know if it's the fact that there's more help at hand or if there's
2: more communication able to be had or what, but the number has plummeted. Here's my thing. The 2000, these numbers are per the whole year, correct?
0: Yeah. from So how to, are we able yeah, to do 2022? is what I'm saying. It was from start of 2021 to the end of 2021. Oh, so, okay. I got gotcha, you. Yeah,
3: gotcha. I was going to so say, it actually maybe should that's be why they're low, because it's only four
2: 20- months into the year. <laughs> Right. We right.
3: got time. We yeah. got plenty <laughs> yeah. of time. Okay. We're married. That, that uh, means... One of us has to get divorced, right? That's
0: the coin flip. Um, <laughs> the single mother rate in 2000 was 32.8%. If it's lower than the, I've called bullshit 100% on that. The 2022 rate, 4.5%. That's
1: bullshit. That's a, that's that is, a topic that is, I think.
3: Complete bullshit. Needs <laughs> a lot of microscope over Every
2: again. single girl on a dating app has a kid. On a dating app. Yeah, but that's still their single a, mother.
3: Not true. What do you mean not true? I mean, not every single chick I'm okay. dating at. Every single chick that you might be attracted to may yeah. have. Because no, you even, go for the gills, man. Even even,
2: <laughs> even if I'm not interested, I, I read their profile, and it's like every single one has a kid or two. So I'm unless, a full unless, package. Unless, yeah, yeah. You must be at least It's six like I'm not dating your kid. kid make seven figures. My kids will always be my kids, top priority. My well, kids no com- shit. My I yeah. would never expect it. I would never expect you to be like the kids that you gave birth to, fuck them. They're second.
0: But if you have me.
3: kids and your kids are top priority, nope.
0: My kids come first and I come second. <laughs>
3: <laughs> never mind. I'm not gonna know. say what
2: I was gonna <laughs> say. Okay, so back to your numbers. I still think that's bullshit. I don't I don't believe that
1: <laughs> yeah. at all.
0: And these are from the US Census. Hmm. Marriage rate 2000 per thousand people 8.1 people. I don't know how they did the point 8.1? one, but apparently it's
3: <laughs> round for a thousand people
0: for a thousand people.
3: Really, yeah, I feel Eight, like there's a lot of marriages. I 8.1
0: mean, 8.1 people out of a thousand married 2022, 5.1 people.
3: That's crazy because the marriage so rate much has went down. Suburban households is pretty much the married class, and that kind of fills out. I mean, then again, there's apartment and dorm life and all that, that right. like kind of.
2: I can kind of see that one. Yeah. Here's
0: the one that shocked me the most. In 2000, the unemployment rate was 3.9%. 2022. Keep in mind, we're still in the draves of a pandemic.
3: It's closer to 20%.
0: We're in a culture of people
3: who don't really want to work. OnlyFans is not employment, is it? Nope.
0: (laughs) Just throw out numbers you think that the unemployment rate is in
3: 2021. I would say 22%. 22%. Uh, It can't be over 40. I would say around like
0: 18%. 18. So in 2000, it was 3.9. In 2022, it is fucking 3.9%. Really? Yeah. Wow. Exactly the same.
3: It depends on people's qualification of jobs, though.
0: A lot of people are taking shitty jobs because shitty jobs are starting to pay as equal as good jobs.
3: Well this is true. I mean, being in a Grubhub, uh, whatever, uh, Grubhub. Uber Eats and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, they consider that a job, but you get like none of the benefits. Well,
2: yeah,
0: Amazon, it, it, but,
3: but being, you get paid. Yeah,
2: but sometimes better than like an actual
0: job. Yeah, being an entrepreneur. I was working society. It's easy to make money if you're willing
3: to hustle for it. I was working Postmates for a while when I was trying to get out of debt here, and man, I was getting nothing. And then I was like, I had to like text the the customer. I'm like, hey, like this place has like a line that's going down the block. Uh, do you still want this place? And they're like, yeah, it's cool. And I had to wait for like two hours. And they didn't even tip me. I'm like, uh I could have made like four other trips in that time. Should have. Postmates didn't so pay.
2: I would do, because a lot of people say Uber Eats, Grubhub, they pay very well, but- a lot of wear and tear in your
3: car it is and if you're it pays if you're doing multiples like if i was just because what i was doing was only like two to three deliveries from my way from work to home and i i was kind of coming out of pocket for most of it
0: yeah the best way to do that and it it doesn't really it might work in our area because we have the international airport but that really is just it being close to a metro airport like jfk or chicago or o'hare where you're constantly running people and oh, doing yeah. like Uber. Like that's the best way is running from airport hotel, airport hotel, and just doing 50 to 60 rides a day.
2: I would rather just work for a hotel, use their shuttle and get paid to do all it. myself. Right, right. Work for Disneyland. But yeah, no, definitely. I, I, that's crazy because I think there's, we're in a very lazy society. Like COVID has made people so fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. Or it's exposed people's laziness. Uh, true. True. Well, boys,
0: that that last bit of information turned the whole topic on its head. So what I gleam from that information is I don't know if parents are more lazy because it seems like from that information, the really negative part, the suicide rate and the cyberbullying is more directed towards kids, teens and kids. So – The adults, the divorce rate, the single mom rate, the marriage rate, I guess the teen pregnancy rate is up with the kids as well, but the unemployment rate all seems beneficial for the older generation, your early to late twenties and up. Is that due to the benefits that our age gets from the phone or is that the negative that the younger generation gets from the phone? Or is it nothing from the technology itself? Is it just outside factors?
3: Is it uh, technology is a huge factor. I don't think you can't exist in today's climate without technology. Yeah. I mean, technology itself is supposed to be a convenience for the people who know how to use it. It's supposed to well be a convenience to maximize some time for other things, but we don't use it like that. No, absolutely, information. Is only worthy, it has value when it's applied. And most people don't apply the information. They just gleam it and like, ah, oh, it's entertainment at that point. Right.
0: Well, and it's the fact that we're, we've became such culture of technology gives us more opportunity for entertainment or to give us more opportunity for the opportunity for other mediums things and, to you know, do. Yeah. And we choose to use technology.
3: Yeah. With the oh, however many streaming platforms these days. I mean, like, it's I always think I about seven. Yeah. It's kind of designed to keep you plugged in, at least for the streaming platforms. If it's so much competition with just that. So many movies are going under our noses for people who work in the film industry. Right. It's like, I don't even know what's coming out. Right. I barely remembered,
0: remembered uh, forgotten.
3: Like, I had to watch uh, it. That's again. a good thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good thing. No, but I mean, like, not just that, but it seems like everybody on post or, or or I guess on my Facebook feed, the people that I keep company with, uh, or if you want to call it company, most of their stuff is talking about something media, political, like something that is newsworthy or, you know, like we've been talking about a slap for a month. That's true. Uh, And like, nobody watches the Oscars. Or the award show, or whatever it was. I don't even know what it <laughs> I was. I don't even like, know
0: what show it was. That's uh, how little I. It's like,
3: and shit. that's all I know from it was just something as minute as that, and then it just blew up the whole thing. It's like ah. the
0: best thing that came out of that was the the meme of Andrew Garfield giving zero fucks about the whole situation,
3: just texting under the table. Huh. for For a second, let me let me touch on that. Like, I think the worst thing about this whole thing with that is. I see so many people taking really crazy stances. It's not the event itself, it's the reactions that are around the event. I really do not give a shit about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett's relationship. She's put him as second best pretty much their entire relationship. Absolutely. She is with this too. Yeah. And she, yeah, yeah. And it's like the day or two before she said, you know, I don't care who, if anybody has anything to say about my hair. And she's had short hair randomly throughout the majority of her
1: career. And
3: Will Smith laughed about it and then he went up and then slapped him and you know, like, I don't know if it was a work or anything. Like some people say it is some people say, I really don't care. It's it just can't like, he, be. why would, why would Will Smith do something like that to fuck his career over? I have no idea. Yeah. Look, the thing is, is Will Smith, as I said in many posts before, is like, he's a really good wordsmith when he wants to be, but she's a very manipulative person and she has not treat him well. She won't go out for bat for him. I've had people, some of the people we know in here who've taken outrageous. He's like family first, or I would have done the same thing. It's like, wow, you are weak. That is not a man. He is a broken man. Like he is obviously hurting. It's like, he wants to try to please her, but he can't. He's gone out so many times out of his way to try to throw something out, you know, a party for her or something like that. And she's like, eh, eh, eh. It's like Tupac will always be above him. She's even like, are you comparing black men now? Well, Tupac was her boyfriend. you know? Oh, was he? Yeah, and oh, then well, she's even died. gotten yeah. she's even gotten Willow writing posts like Tupac. I know you're alive. Can you please come back and you know cause make my mommy happy and all this and It's like wow. It's like you're having your daughter pretty much disregard her dad. And well,
2: she basically said too the other day that she, I didn't tell Willow yeah. to smack. Yeah. him. Yeah, and she and just like, threw him bitch. under the rug. And it's like wow.
3: <laughs> There's videos of her recording him, and he's like, I I don't want to be recorded. You know my my. Social media is my bread and butter, and she's making him look like a fool. Well, his career is fine. She's manipulative. I've never really cared for her. It's like her music. Kind of, yeah. The best
0: <laughs> thing she ever did was Demon Knight.
3: Yeah, that was good. Okay. I get, you know, fucking with Phantom. <laughs> What's his name? Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Yeah. Go dog, po dog, them there, motherfuckers. But, yeah, it's like the people's reaction to that. It's like that is not what a man is. A man who is weakened by words so brashly like that like you're weak man like you're letting words destroy you you're offering your mind your pride that's what what pride was it's like your pride is your weakness if you feel like you need to defend yourself over simple words and it wasn't even a bad joke people were saying like it was very distasteful it's like no gi jane is a powerful woman like she was able to rise above everything and then some other chick made an even harsher joke about it and they clapped for her
2: well, mm-hmm. the sad thing about this whole thing is that this is just showing now that, com- oh, yeah, that comedians can- are going to get beat up on stage. And it happened last week. T.I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Some saw that chick one. chick was in a club where he was at, and she made a joke about him, and then he got up. He and-
3: hosted that, too. Yeah. It's like he put that together, and then you want to throw – like, as a comedian, you don't yeah. you don't ruin other people's acts. No. Even if it's about you. It's like well, freedom she, of speech. She man, stood like-
2: up for herself, and I oh, commend yeah, yeah. her yeah, yeah. very much for that because – this is the sad thing about, it, and it's kind of things I've talked about in the past, like with Unemployed W-2, there's things that I thought about doing, but and it's just like, it's all in good taste and humor, but I didn't write it in the script because it's just like, I know the backlash of it. And obviously I'm not on the
3: level of Chris Rock oh, yeah, Smith, for sure. but locally- You're like one step under there, so- Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But yeah, it's just like, I, I'm afraid to do things, even with this podcast, especially when we first started- I mean, you were really hesitant. You remember our, our first episode? We did a Merry fuck kill, right? And I was, I didn't want it on there. I didn't want my part on there because after we did, I was just like, and eh, this could be taken as demeaning to women and stuff like that. Anything it's just, will be. Now they, we just demean them all the time. Oh. No. <laughs> now we up <laughs> <have laughs> caring. But no, it's 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 crazy. I'm glad actions are being taken against Will Smith. Do I think some of the things are going a little too crazy? Yeah, but it's just like. The guy did it himself, and I think right. he almost needs to be a lesson to other people. Like you he had, sh- Just because if you got money and you're st- right. where you're at, if any one of us would have done that. There's
3: friends that we are acquainted with who are like you don't know the struggle of a black man it's like he is not the typical black man he well, doesn't he know he comes, the comes from money man, man. No. like he the only he can buy you know in scientology all that will help him out although like he skirted on the edges of scientology but he still has like the education that they teach to try to collect get a the different color others, robe yeah. yeah
0: but the only struggle he's ever known was when he played fresh prince
3: i mean this is up and coming he was still making you know that earlier music and all that like that was his Struggle. And the struggle of then is not the struggle of today. Well, he's
2: been like, there's a lot of people that won't work with him.
3: Yeah. And I don't know. I don't want to blame him for it. It's like, yes, it was a very bad taste though. He knows how to stage slap and it didn't look like it hurt. Like it was probably a shock for Chris Rock. Yeah, there's
2: a video of Chris oh, yeah. Rock. He's like looking. For the, he he's, just look. I, I like, what the fuck to is him, going on? I want to give him a hug. I felt so bad for oh, yeah. him.
3: His brother's really standing up for him and like right. throwing it on the road. Uh, and all he wanted to and challenge Will Smith to a celebrity. It's boxing not match. even worth it. It's like that. That's what I'm talking about. We're talking about technology and how things are just consuming other people's minds mindlessly. And this is one of those things. It's it. Yep. Usually, when something like this is going on, there's an underlying thing. Was it staged? Who knows? I'm not one to say in our main topic. Was it, is there something more to it? Who knows? We weren't there, but it's like shit like this. They're trying to do bigger things, you know, whether it be something political or so, like they're trying to, we can go deeper into that with yours, but sorry for the rant. Go ahead and bring it back.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that was pretty much it. We were wrapping it up from there and on, on mine yeah, just a, a glimpse into the future. If this is where things are now, they can really fix a lot of things with technology. But what are we giving up in regards to the things we're fixing?
3: It definitely massages your laziness. It definitely makes things worse to an extent. But it's the tools that will definitely help us, though. Absolutely. But people refuse to learn how to learn how to do new Apps and <laughs> it it's just it's one of those confusing, <laughs> your yeah. app. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: just one of those things where it's a little throttle and a little break. We just have to figure out
3: sometimes I feel like I'm speaking foreign to certain people like my age group, not just you guys, because <laughs> it's like Who I, else
2: do you know?
3: <laughs> I'm talking to people who are like, you know, I'm like, oh what what note taking app do you use? And people are like, notes. Like are, you write things down. I'm like, yes. These, I'm always writing things down. Like I feel like Learning is, is, is a never ending thing. Like you should yeah. always, cause it's going to help evolve who you are. You can see, you can gauge where you are and excel from there.
0: I bet I know how these conversations go. You're like, this is the best notepad we have. and it, it, it does this and then you can do this and it, it reacts to this program and this, and then they say, can I just have my mail please?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin, I feel like you and I are very similar when it comes to organization and stuff like that. But I think you like the technology side of things too. Whereas me, like I understand that technology is vital yeah. this day and age, but to me, I like old school. If I, right. if, if we old didn't school, have to have,
0: you're sitting in front of a, a pen and paper. 27 inch oh. wrap monitor with a 24 inch right there. I bet He's sitting there with a dip. laptop with double screens. I have a fucking notebook in front well, of
3: that's me. That's
2: what I'm saying. Like I look behind me, the walls, like, there's an app for this, for the movie making, but yeah, I like the old see it, school yeah. thing. Like pen, you don't have the, what's the word I'm looking for? The neuroconnectivity, connectivity. Per- personal. The renaissance but, of it all. But <laughs> <laughs> when you write pen to paper, it's more intimate.
3: Yeah. And it connects something. It, you Your mind spends more time on the words so they're ingrained yeah. deeper. Yeah. When you're just typing on a keyboard, like there's not really much retention. It's just like it's there, and, and that's one thing that I like about technology because it's a quick release. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, baby. Uh, no, it's, it's a quick release, and, like, my mind isn't necessarily made for keeping ideas. It's made for creating ideas. So it's like I use my technology as a second brain. So if I can get it out fast, I can continue. And my problem is, is and I know my problem, I think one of the best things you can do for yourself is learn how you work. You work simple like you can get things down and you you're satisfied with it. You're like it's all right here. I am not satisfied with it because I'm a tinkerer. I'm like I can do this better. I can do this better. I can do, and then I get caught in that cycle. Uh, if you want to call it like FOMO, a fear of missing out, like there's more things I can do. There's more. There's more. So I waste more time trying to figure out how to do things more efficient whereas you're already creating work and so I have to fast pace myself I guess.
2: You know one of the things I and we'll get onto your topic here very shortly but you know, writing for me, my brain is rapidly going. My mind is constantly coming up with ideas. Even when I'm writing ideas down, I'm creating ideas. And yeah. when I type, I type faster than my thoughts go. Right. Whereas where I write... <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. My that's brain. how my brain... <laughs> uh, uh, but when I write, I'm writing at that perfect pace to where I'm keeping up with my thoughts. So that's, to me, why I like writing. I always think, like, if I... If I die anytime soon, the f- people will be so for years, I will still be around because I have so many fucking notebooks at home and I don't complete a full notebook. When I have a new idea, I go buy another notebook.
3: Yeah. I noticed that about you too. And like you'll buy a notebook for a specific project. Yeah. Whereas I like to keep everything in. It's like, well, if I leave this at home, yeah, then I don't have everything that I've been working on and everything can connect.
2: No, I, every different idea I have, project I have is a different notebook and a lot of them have never seen the light of day, but it's just like, God, I, I feel bad for my family who's gonna, who'd be around the house to
3: like <laughs> go through my stuff because they're gonna be like, fuck. <laughs> well, that's a good thing for you because your focus is so easier, uh, well, I guess, to focus, to target. Yeah. It's like you have everything you need to see when you need to see it right there. Whereas I probably have other things that kind of interfere where I'm constantly trying to <laughs> integrate different systems. So it's a constant level of learning. And refinement. Yeah. Not just for how notes are or because we write things down and the common people that I guess my age range and all that, they're like, I already down a grocery list. Well <laughs> yeah. and a lot of
2: people now with the with their phones, they don't even have the um energy to use their fingers to type it now, talk to text. Yeah. People just like write their notes by just that's a good to their phone.
3: If you're using notes and that's I mean, that's a good method. But I don't if you're just texting back and forth to somebody, then eh,
2: I mean. Well, texting is one thing, but I'm like, if you're, you're writing down your thoughts in like an app on your note, like they can't even type it. They have to
3: talk. Yeah, well, it's that's something like, that's been implemented for since the recorder. People go to lectures and record the whole true, thing. So, yeah. I don't think I've sent you
0: guys like physical text in like a year. I've just been sending you voice text. That's why a lot of them are so fucked up. Even the physical ones would be fucked up yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i misspell everything even my voice to text started misspelling things well justin let's move on to your topic here were you done
1: yeah okay yeah, yeah.
0: i was done like 15 minutes ago you guys decided to start i know we rambled we it
3: there so, so my 10 minute topic made it a half an hour let's let's keep it in the in the darkness here we're going to Ow. uh we can bring another lamp in. We've, we briefly discussed what this is going to be. So I gave you guys the assignment as far as uh, writing our obituaries, or eulogies. eulogies, some sort of speech that you would say at a funeral or a wake or a passing, if it was right on the spot or so. Like, what did we mean to you? Or I guess what <laughs> did we mean to each th- other? So that's like where
2: that. you think I went with this, no. Nope. <laughs> you sent
3: me a text, or did you talk to me in person? I don't remember what it was. It Anyways, was, it was like, over messaging. messaging. Yeah, but it was like... Well, if it's not not that. So if you want to do it, like just make it creative. I mean, I think it's going to be, it's definitely going to be entertaining for us. But it's a roast. I'm basically, uh-oh. it's a roast, is what I'm.
1: full <laughs> I'm on doing. dark if roast. You're
3: roasting maybe. at a funeral. I feel like I feel like we don't mean much. That's what I want. My <laughs> to Be is people like roast. I don't want it to be sad. He at starts all. his his speech off usually like. I don't want to toot my own horn (laughs) to to tell you the truth.
2: Like I'm really excited to read my eulogy slash roast that I did for you guys, especially Lonnie's because I think, (laughs) I think my opening line for Lonnie's is pure gold. You guys might not laugh at it, but when I wrote it, I was cracking up. So,
3: (laughs) well, so I wrote up a little thing here and I'll go ahead and read this here. A little preface to our eulogies here. So kind of going back to Peter seal, everything dies, everybody dies. That was the title of his song. Everything dies. Every
2: day I'm hustling. No.
3: So everybody dies. We never get the chance to witness our own funerals, to know exactly how our loved ones truly felt about someone. I think having a living funeral would be a cool custom. The topic was evolved from a practice I adopted through the Stoics. I've spoken on this briefly in the past, but coming from the phrase, "memento mori, meaning, remember that you will die. I think the average person thinks of Stoicism as nihilistic, but Stoicism isn't so easily put into a box like a body. There's many different greats with different reach. There's something for everyone when it comes to the Stoics. The practice I mentioned was to meditate on feeling the loss of someone. Grief is a hard emotion to deal with. It's a natural as death and often always created by it. The average person these days rather distract, self-medicate, or never fully process their emotions, which give rise to many other mental and physical and often relational factors. I meditate on witnessing my daughters dying. If someone came in the house at night, something happened at school, I sit with these feelings because if and when that event ever were to occur, I am practiced at processing these death and tragedy does not always come with warning. So I figure this will be a fun one before we touch on a more serious tragedy with Jeremy's topic. So he said that about me. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty much my opening to this here. Like, just meditating on things that could happen. It's like when things finally happen, it can be a snapping point, a breaking point. But if you don't have the tools to process certain things, I think it's much harder on those who are constantly trying to distract themselves from actually feeling. And that starts so many problems with other people. It's like people move into a different relationship because of the grief, not necessarily loss with death, but grief of a prior relationship or whatever. So they carry those problems and burdens with them and I feel like it's better to process that, to know yourself, to be able to understand where the source or pinnacle of these problems are that you can work through it. Because not only does it help you break the chain, break the cycle, because you will continuously do that in next relationships or in work environments, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, you'll level up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh. You know, it's something you were saying at the beginning of that. Like, it would be interesting because I thought of that before, like, to be able to see your funeral and how people react, but it would be a cool thing to do, a tradition to do. But the problem with that is, if people know that you're not really dead, they're going to is exaggerate what they're saying about you and stuff like that. To it's where it would be, you would have to seriously fake your own death. But then when people find out that you were joking, yeah, you're fucked. Right. <laughs> like, Especially <laughs> it's one if they or two ways. You. Some <laughs> people can
3: be like in on the on it or but. Yeah, I, I mean, mean like, I would be pissed
2: if, like, one of you guys said that you died and, like, went on with it and stuff like that. And we had your funeral. And then all of a sudden I find out, ah, it was a joke. Like, I'd be happy you're alive, but I'd be like, fuck you, man. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's right. fucked up. I'm not talking to you ever again. It's going to take a lot of trips to who to get over that. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's like I said earlier, like, I'm coming from a stoic practice here. It's like I consider myself like a budoic a buddhist stoic and it, it kind of works with both of it like in buddhism like the first noble truth is all realms of existence is a realm of suffering so yes where we are we feel pain we think we have bad thoughts like these things that hold our attention or our sensory perceptions all this they can be ways of harm but if you can work through that and become if you can make harsh truths become just truths and not be so attached to the the sensation of it. It's like, oh, okay, I, I understand it. I can kind of rise above this. It's like I know the center of my issue, so now I can work on it. Most people do not even want to recognize their their issue. So when if Lonnie or yourself were to pass, I wanted to sit through this and meditate on this. Like, fuck, man. Like, how would I feel? This would be crushing. Like, I love both of yeah. you. But for a podcast, I have to make this entertaining. So, yeah. yeah, it's like, but when it actually happens, it's going to be abrupt. How are we talking about these celebrities? Like, they're young and they still have so much life to them. Like, they were probably just making videos or talking to somebody out in public the day before. And then all of a sudden, gone, you know? Yeah. That's going to be us eventually. So, it's like, how are we supposed to process this if you don't have the tools to practice it? Right. Like, grief is something. That's inevitable. It is. It's part of our realm of suffering. It's part of the human experience. If we don't work with it, if we try to avoid it, we'll never be conditioned, and we'll be we'll be crushed. We'll be hurt. We'll be unable to move forward. So, how do we do that without processing it?
0: Yeah, I have to admit something. With that beautiful intro and an explanation, I really missed the mark. Like, <laughs> like mine's not beautiful, <laughs> or well,
1: elegant that's what at I, all. That's what I was yeah.
3: saying, I, I, this, this is just is... an opening of that mine. It's not, I'm not even going to say anything.
2: I mean, yeah, I already, <laughs> since gave, spoiler alert with mine is, it's a roast. Like, I'm roasting you guys. But, in all honesty, me roasting you guys. It's a term is, of a deal. It, exactly. Were, yeah. 100%.
0: 100 Yeah, and everybody at home know, too, like, the love in this room is so immense that when we give each other shit, when we give Justin shit, or we, we call Jeremy no fun, like, This is a character. This is a persona. This is don't break us. kayfabe. And, and
2: that's, that's, Come on, and, you know, that's kind of
3: one of the it's things real to too. Me, like, Paco but, says we can't you know, do that anymore. So
2: I am a very opinionated person, but I exaggerate things so much because Heck I'm all yeah. about entertainment. And at work, for example, when I'm around people, if something like if something falls on my foot but it doesn't hurt, I'll exa- I'll be like, "Oh my god!" and I'll like exaggerate because that gets more of like entertainment value than if I was just like. Right, all my foot. I mean, that's the same thing here. And I, I actually was, I think I was telling my sister this the other day, like us picking on Justin always like with his movie choices and his topics and stuff like that. Right. That's all for fun. And oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, there are times where Justin says like a topic and in my head, I'm like,
1: <laughs> but no,
2: it's, it's, we, we got to do that. So no, I, I've honestly been excited for this. I thought this was a pretty cool yeah. thing to do. But like I said, when he said it to me, writing something, loving and stuff like that never crossed my mind it was yeah. uh, we're roasting the shit out of each other yeah
3: back into our stage personas yeah well since you're so excited i'll head we'll do one person each and then go back and okay. do the other person Make so i'll go ahead let you kick it off so who should tired. i do first let's shuffle it up okay <laughs> i'm gonna do
2: justin's okay. first okay and like i was telling monty when he came to my work earlier i was like writing this it sounded like gold to me But reading it, it, I'm probably going to
3: like stumble over things. uh, So, that's, I think that's the issue too. I think I was telling him too. I'm like, I don't know if I want to see you guys when I'm reading off. Like, I, I want to be behind a box or something. Like, (laughs) Uh, we're looking, we're sitting at three different tables facing each other. So, (laughs) okay.
2: So, we are at Justin's funeral. Uh, and
3: I will kill my mic because I'm dead. I have gone up to the podium.
2: I want to first start off by expressing my condolences to Crystal, Zora, and Maya for having to miss the Paw Patrol on ICE show today in order to be here at their husband and father's funeral. <laughs> Poor planning is always on Justin's part, but it makes me happy to see such a great turnout. As mentioned before, Justin's wife, Crystal, and his two daughters are here, and, well, it looks like Chuck is the only other one here, turns to Justin. Justin. Uh, Justin, unfortunately, Lonnie isn't here today as he didn't think he had to be here at your funeral and figured (laughs) I could just handle things on my own. Oh, man. Okay. Justin was a planner, as we all know, and planned just in case a tragic event would happen that would end his life suddenly and far too soon. He had told me in case of such an event happening, he had a lockbox at his bank with a note he would like me to read. He had given me a copy of the key many years ago and told me to get the note the day of his funeral and read it for his close friends and family. Fortunately for everyone here, I am not going to subject you to having me read Justin's final thoughts. Granted, the note is only two pages long, but it is in a four-point font size, and the pages are front and back. I tried reading through it before coming up here today, and basically the gist of his letter was that he loved you all and will miss you and yada, 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 If you want to get an idea of what his note said, you can pretty much hear it on episode 058 of the Boundless Pod Trap, and also episode 065 where he talks about triangle schemes. Justin was many things in life. What those things are, I'm not sure. I know one of them was a mailman, but beyond that, I'm not too sure what he does in life. Oh, and if you all smell a garlicky scent, don't worry. It isn't your breath or anything like that. The smell is actually coming from Justin. The embalmer said that it is normal for the deceased to leak out smells after the embalming process that their body was overpowered with. Nose plugs are available at the end of the pews you are in if it is becoming too much for you. I feel it is necessary to share a funny story or two about Justin before he is laid to rest under the earth's surface. But honestly, the guy wasn't that funny. Most of my time spent with him, he was too busy drinking ginger and belching. (laughs) As he has ginger right now. So instead, I figured I would turn the podium over to anyone else who has a funny story to tell about Justin. Crystal, I only feel it is right for you to start since you were married to Justin. Uh, Crystal? Crystal, hey, would you like to share a funny story about your husband? No, okay, really? That's weird. Okay, what about you, Zora? Would you like to tell a funny story about your dad? Okay, who taught you to use that finger at your elders? Did your father teach you that? Chuck. Now I know you have some stories to tell about Justin. Would you like to come up here and tell one? Oh, okay. He's standing up. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Oh, and Chuck's leaving. Bye, Chuck. Well, I guess no one has any stories to share about Justin at this point. I would settle for a depressing stories about Justin. No, not even that. Wow. Okay. On that note, I'm going to wrap things up here. So to sum up everything that was said, Justin passed away suddenly. He misses and loves you. It smells like garlic. Chuck left and Justin's daughters needs to be more polite to her elders. Real cute, Zora. Yeah, two middle fingers pointed at me. Way to go. Your dad would be real proud of you. I'll miss you, Justin. We'll always have a part for you in any of my movies, even though you are not here on Earth with us anymore. Now maybe there will be some charisma to your characters. Just kidding, but not really. Oh, and as a reminder, there will not be a luncheon after today's funeral because Justin is fasting and would have wanted it this way. Thank you for coming out and today and remember to check out our latest episode of the BPT episode 098 where Lonnie and I will have a full episode in remembrance of one of the greatest friends we could ever have had in our life. That's right, a full episode dedicated to Paco as he finally is living out his dream and being a main character in Cats the Musical on Broadway. Way to go Paco, way to go. Justin's... We're Justin, bro.
3: Right on. Right on. Yeah. There's a few of those that got me a little bit of a chuckle there. <laughs> yeah, I thought the Lonnie was like, one was... Yeah, a- <laughs> yeah. And uh,
0: <laughs> I took me as, oh, wait a minute, I uh, thought this was a Justin <laughs> roast.
3: <laughs> and my daughter, Zora, is kind of learning... Uh, her sign language is getting a little bit more fast. And she'd probably gladly use it on me. There's a few things she's learned at the gym. And I'm like... Uh, Where'd you learn that? But I guess the kids at the gym. From the, the gym. Yeah, I guess, you know. <laughs> Will, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I can go. All right, I think you should do Justin's. No, I'm a saving Justin's. Oh, okay, okay. Uh-oh.
0: Justin's is for the finale. So this one is about my, my good friend, Jeremy. Turn my mic off. I'm dead, apparently. No, I'll leave it on. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Man, this is such a tough day for me. So much harder than anyone else. He was my hero. My world. My everything. I don't know if my life can go on without him. The bond we had was truly unbreakable, like twins, but from another womb. Man, I'm going to tell you about how me and Jeremy first met. It was my first night working a Magnum Pro show, and I was backstage. I was nervous, and I seen this guy come by with a straight edge tattoo. i like, wow, okay, there's other people like me here. And I said, cool tattoo. And he said, get back to work. <laughs> and I said, okay. And as I turned to walk away, he said, fucking Mark. And I, I had to laugh because he thought I was somebody named Mark. But I wasn't. I was Lonnie. But he noticed me. And that was a great show. He, he was so good. He ran out and he hardly ate, tripped under the bottom rope. But he got there. And then we we worked together for a little bit. And then... Now came along when I came back from California. I went to live my dream, but I came back and he was still here, waiting. Was now was starting, and I was working, and I was still taking pictures, finding my true path. And Jeremy was out doing commentary, and he could have chose anybody, but he chose me. And he said, "Hey, clean that spit off the ring." <laughs> And it, I had to use my sock, but I did it. I felt so useful. And it, he he didn't acknowledge me afterwards, but I could tell he was so proud of me. And then we we became good friends, it's almost to the point where we had we had nicknames for each other, like you be my buddy or my my bro. And then he had nicknames like me, like Kike or fascist pig fucker. But we. We, we started spending so much time together where we would write shows and we would, we would, we would do things and then we'd go out and he'd have me buy him dinner, drive him places. And it would just, it felt so good having that friend that, you know, that friend you need. And then he, he was always so willing to bring me candy and make sure I got it. No one else could get it. He made sure that I got it. It's just so thoughtful and caring Um, and when, when I was really trying to make my first movie, he was there and he not only helped me make my movie, he also helped me get COVID (laughs) (laughs) and he, he lived through it with me and it was great. It was the best Thanksgiving I ever had. He, he's never not used an idea I've came up with. Every single idea he's always loved, we've always used every single one of them. And he's never complained once about anything I've ever done. He's always been so supportive. He he died like he lived, super hot and burning. I'm never gonna forget him. Goodbye, my love.
1: Actually, <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> teared up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh oh. well that was that uh, <laughs> clean s- that spit up yeah i was just gonna
3: say <laughs> that was, uh, you did it very well i feel like there was more to the truth than, than <laughs> i remember that yeah. spit that was so gross was that a what's his name savage man or whatever his name yeah uh, was, was
0: it was a boo
3: or uh or was it jesse con artiste oh uh. uh.
0: Yeah, and you're just, like clean that up. I just remember and I'm gonna, like, how do you want me to fucking John,
2: clean it up? And you, you throw an empty water bottle at me. <laughs> John and I were on commentary, and he <laughs> got he tagged out. It was a tag match. Keep in mind, this is a outdoor hot, show and it's hot, hot hot, out. hot, hot. He tagged out. Was on the apron. He spit, and this is the ring apron, brand new, first show, super nice looking. This big bluey came out of his mouth, landed on the ring skirt right in front of john and i and i just remember john was talking and i pointed it out and john in the middle of the commentary he's like yeah and it looks like oh my god that is the grossest thing i've ever seen <laughs> and they're both like clean that
0: and i'm yeah. like i have and they gave me an empty bottle and i'm like what the
1: fuck do you want me to
0: do with this and they're like get rid of it so i had to take off my shoe and take off my sock and clean the spit off with my sock uh,
3: did you put it back on
0: no yeah. but then they're like all right go back to work <laughs>
3: They didn't I, appreciate you. That. I don't remember being that harsh about it. One of my first, uh, I guess viewings of watching you perform, I guess as commentator, I think it was before we, well, yeah, it was before we even started a podcast together here, but I was sitting aisle and it was like a tall dude, long hair, pants and shirt. Wow. That's um, 90%. <laughs> fuck. What was it? Yeah. But anyways, he, he went to the, before he, he entered first and then the, I forget who was, he was, his opponent was, it might've been, um, you're really good at this oh, what's his name i patch up uh, uh, duke yeah duke Cornell. madman fulton madman fulton that's the guy he did a little snot little thing right before duke cornell came in and then his snot landed on my cheek <laughs> i'm like oh god damn it like <laughs> is that what that mark is on your face this is yeah <laughs> i, mean,
0: I thought the best thing about that show was going to food afterwards and him trying to feed you had an appetite. Him trying to feed Tracy his alcoholic uh, milkshake. He's <laughs> like, "You'll really like it." She's like, "No, I'm good." I, and he's like, "Fine."
2: <laughs> and guy, he's like, "I'll
0: drink it myself."
2: That guy, he could eat and he could drink. He put down a <laughs> lot. Like his payday for that show was, was spent food. on food and drink afterwards. Fulton but, or Crayle? Okay, Fulton. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well move it into mine here all right get it buddy i will take lonnie all right all right get me (sighs) do you not want me to look at you i'm i'm not gonna look at you okay thank you all for coming out to show your respects to our dear departed friend lonnie aaron elder he had all the makings of a serial killer (laughs) a crazy hair commonly used middle name edgy interest (laughs) Weird collections, bed wetter, pyro tendencies. Although if he were here today, I mean like alive, not like this with his stupid body over there. He'd object to that last part since the reason he wet the bed was to put the fire out. But he was far from a serial killer. He'd barely beat his meat to completion. Many of you know he was an avid boater and to help facilitate that feeling once more. I hope everybody had a chance to pay the respects to his body before he shut his tanning bed casket. While we give words of um, English. If you want any of his tats, <clears throat> we have a sterile electric turkey cutter and a license operator to to see that through. I'm definitely gonna smith some of that myself. That's <laughs> save my ink forever. Lonnie is edible, but I, I, I wouldn't. He wasn't opposed to eating, fucking, or smoking his dead body. Lonnie and myself were filmmakers, writers. Uh, before his passing, we started to write a a film. We started to write a western. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a brief moment to describe it the best I can for you. He was he was excited for it, so I feel it's only right. So bear with me. The the story is about a cowboy looking for his cowgirl, <laughs> and he was a heavy poker player, heavy as in more on a bigger side. His name was Doe. But they called him Big Deal because his card skills. he traveled on his trusty steed to neighboring saloons, bagging money and women until he crossed sites with Cowgirl. That, that's her name. We didn't really have a concrete name for her. Well, anyways, Cowgirl was kidnapped by a shadow group called uh, Missionary, hired from the evil governor. You know, He had, has banks and outlaws in his pockets, and even deranged scientists who was the governor's half-brother. When Missionary kidnapped Cowgirl, Big Deal stepped in to get her back. <laughs> They experimented on cowgirl and made her evil, and she was now known as reverse cowgirl. And reverse cowgirl ended up taking on the hot seat by dominating missionary and seeked out to put her on big dildo. So Lonnie and I were still working out the kinks, but we felt we had a plenty of lubricant to get this off with a bang. Things get plenty messy fast. Anyways, enough about that. More on the life of our recently departed I've only known Lonnie a few years and mostly through a friendship that bloomed from a podcast we were part of. Our other friend Jeremy sort of made introductions, but it was our friend Paco who was the one who made this man in the box known to me. Paco, if you are here, please stand up. Paco. Uh, typical Paco did not show up for something this important. I'll move on. I wanted to express in how oh my God, there's a fucking baby in the tanning bed casket. Can somebody please get Moxley? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, friends, family. In a few years, Lonnie and I knew each other. We bonded on many similarities from music and movies, general interest. We were both husbands, both fathers. There's more, but Lonnie could easily write up a top 10 list on us. <laughs> Lonnie came from dirt, not like the biblical Adam, but I'm more like the peanut pig pen. <clears throat> he was entirely selfless that he would give the shirt off his back to anyone in need and then give that back fat off his back if he lacked a shirt to give. <laughs> I love the dude. As mentioned before, some of you remember him as a podcaster with Now This Is Wrestling and The Balanced Pod Trap, which is primarily where I knew and loved the dude from with our friend Jeremy. You can find bumper stickers towards the exit. Uh, we were in the works of him and I starting another podcast called the uh, Shackety Shack the Parody Goulash, It was just a hate cast to make fun of a dumbassery of another podcast called Yakety Yak with Jeremy Lubash. But we had absolutely nothing to go off of, and I couldn't blame Lamine on this one. It was hard to pin down his frame of mind, but that was the entertaining and exciting thing about him. Novelty was his forte. He swam in the lakes and the rivers that he wasn't used to, hence why we are here today. Now, before I conclude and we get on with the seven days of Shiva... (laughs) I'd like to address the husk of our hoss here, Lonnie, with my own special tribute. Brother Lonnie, I, I will paint you in silver, and I will wrap you in cold. I will lift up your voice as I sink. Thank you, and hail Satan. Oh, and you can buy these silver wraps at Zazzle.com. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Thank you. All right.
2: <laughs> no, my God, there's a baby in the cask. <laughs> Oh, man. That's pretty great. It's back to you, Jimmy. Back to me. So, another Lonnie one here. I,
1: I feel, back to back.
2: I feel targeted. <laughs> yeah. All right, here. Uh, I'm like tearing up from laughing at that last one. So, okay. Hmm. Two Jews walked into a bar. Unfortunately, one of those Jews was Lonnie, and it caused him to have a hemorrhage in his head, and he died. <laughs> 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 Which brings us to why we're here today To celebrate the life of Lonnie But before I get into that I was told to announce the winner of the game Lonnie wanted us to play at his funeral So it gives me great joy to announce that Edna Elder was the winner of the game She guessed that the lady in the clip we watched had 14 orgasms And the correct answer was 16 She was two away Great job, Edna You get a $25 gift card to Bass Pro Shop (laughs) Now back to Lonnie I remember the first time I met Lonnie So what else can be said about Lonnie? He liked fishing. (laughs) He loved fishing. In fact, many people don't know this about Lonnie, but he entered a tournament many years ago, and even though he didn't win the tournament, he was entered into the Guinness Book of World Records that day. He was the first person to get fifth degree burns from fishing on his feet. You heard me correctly, from fishing. For those that say fishing isn't a dangerous sport, well, you're right, but damn it, Lonnie found a way to make it so. Let's all take notes that next time you go fishing, you don't sit on top of a shiny metal piece that attracts sun all day. Those are words I thought I would never have to tell people. I guarantee, thanks to Lonnie, more feet will be saved from burns while fishing on a boat as they are going to put a warning label on every boat now. Looking around at all the flowers that people sent here to decorate the front of the end of this mortuary, I can't help but think of how beautiful it is. Such amazing smells and it's so bright and colorful up here. I really wish that Lonnie could see all the pretty colorful flowers. Not because he is dead, but because he was colorblind and wouldn't be able to see the colors. Quite honestly, you all could have saved money by getting gray flowers. We could have just told Lonnie that they were colorful. He would have never known the difference. Lonnie really loved the band AFI and I wanted to do something to show my love and appreciation for Lonnie's friendship he gave me over the years. So I reached out to Davey Havoc, the lead singer of AFI, And told him of the situation and how much of an avid lover of AFI and Davey Havoc that Lonnie was. And that it would mean the world if he could come out and play a song at my dear friend Lonnie's funeral. So, it gives me great pleasure to announce the legendary and talented Davey Havoc is what I would have loved to say today. But instead, Davey replied back and said the best he could do is send me a button with the band's logo on it. And if I'm being honest, I somehow lost it on the way over here. But you would have loved it, Lonnie. You would have loved it. After I received that response back from Mr. Havoc, I turned to another love of Lonnie's, and that was the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. God, he really loved that movie. So I reached out to Mr. Robert England to see if he could come out here to say a few kind words at the funeral of one of his biggest fans. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the very talented Robert England, a.k.a. Freddy Krueger is another thing I would have loved to say here today. But like Davey, Robert England responded back with basically his prices to do a cameo video for the deceased. But fuck, that guy is charging $250 for a 60-second clip. I'm not even going to try to do the math to see what that is per second. But come on, I have bills to pay. And with gas prices the way they are right now, and this damn funeral being over an hour away, I'm already spending way too much. But I really did want to do something special for my friend Lonnie here. And I wasn't going to stop until I got him something special to take place at his funeral. But I got a headache and fell asleep, and the next day I honestly just flat out forgot, and now here we are. This role will not be the same without Lonnie here. My condolences to his wife Tracy and son Moxley, who he has left behind. Tracy, Lonnie would have really wanted me to tell you that he loved you very much so, and that he owed me $50. So if you could give me cash, or if you want, you can stop at the ATM across the street, that would be great. My gas tank would really appreciate that. With that said, I want to thank you all for coming out today, and don't forget to go to Zazzle.com to purchase your RIP Lonnie T-shirts, stickers, hats, koozie pens, or anything you want Lonnie's face and name on. That's (laughs) Zazzle.com. Also, don't forget, later this afternoon, we are dropping BPT Movie Review Episode 054, which is supposed to be Lonnie's movie pick of the movie Begotten. But Justin and I said, fuck that, and instead we are going to review my pick, Uncle Buck. Thank you, everybody. My eyes are like burning from that (laughs) because I was like laughing, but yeah, no, um, I really like that intro. I don't care what you guys (laughs) say. That's pretty great.
3: That was pretty great.
2: And Justin and I apparently we are one in the same with the whole Zazzle.com thing. that
3: was an easy. Oh boy, I wanted to. No idea. (laughs) I wanted to do something with the uh, color (laughs) thing, but I was like, I yeah, yeah, that was fun. Well, Lonnie, all right. Me for Justin now. Take me away. All right.
0: Welcome, everyone. Glad to see you all here. I know it was hard to be here, because <laughs> like most of you, I'm sure you're not mourning people. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, Nothing. No, okay. <laughs> I know we've all lost a, a good friend, like Justin. It, it was hard. It was almost as hard as when I lost my trademark Boundless Pod Trap water bottle that you can get from Zazzle.com. <laughs> it was a really good water bottle. Printed on, not, not like a sticker, but actually printed on. It was almost as bad as that. But losing Justin was hard too. His head was almost as shiny as the brass. Man, I miss that water bottle. But anyway, <laughs> it's still, it's okay. Because we had some great times together, me and Justin. We had that podcast for 17 years covered some great stuff yeah towards the end there it seemed like we couldn't go wrong just like the quality of products we sell on zazzle.com oh man i'm gonna miss that guy like you shouldn't miss the great deals on zazzle.com oh man his vast wealth of knowledge on it seemed like on everything was immense he could talk to you for hours about anything and everything, regardless if you wanted to hear it or not. But he had so much passion and love about everything. I just, I can't help but feel like if I actually would have listened, I might have learned something. But if you want that information, you can listen to our whole catalog and the bondless bound <laughs> bondless, boundless, boundless pod trap that you can hear my beautiful voice more there. If this is soothing to you. Man, I'm gonna miss him so much. Justin was a man of many talents. He was the heart and soul of the Boundless Pod Trap. I was the funny one, but he was definitely the heart and soul. And I, I used to be I used to be the fat one and I and the short fat one, but that was never true. Justin was always shorter and fatter, but I I couldn't have done half the things without his help. He was just always there to make me better. I didn't need much help, but just always made me better. And I I, I appreciated him so much for it. Justin will be missed by his family, his wife and his two daughters, and all of our fans we have at the Boundless Pot Trap, where you can hear all of our episodes. And lastly, as a partner, a brother, and most importantly, a friend, you too can remember Justin by buying your memorial Justin t-shirt at Zazzle.com. All proceeds will go to the Justin Memorial Fund that will help put a new roof on the studio. For this occasion, and to wish Justin off, I've taken this opportunity to write a song for Justin and for all of you today. I hope you
3: enjoy it. Can you hear that? I'm I'm dead. So no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Here we go. This is a song I wrote for Justin. I wrote this. Song, I wrote that just for you, Justin. I was watching my favorite ship movie, and that made me think of you. That there was so much loss.
3: Ghost yeah, oh. ghost ship. Oh, that has that Safina song. That's a really beautiful song. Dude, you're dead. Why are you talking? I'm singing in my death. Yeah, oh, am I still dead or? or you? Yeah, that was it. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, the, the the yeah the tune. Yeah. <laughs> Good um, job, good job. Thank you. That was very beautiful. I <laughs> no, felt like I, no was it wasn't. I felt like I heard that somewhere. It was
0: such an awkward yeah. way to try to hold a bass and sit in a chair that has arms.
3: I don't know if the we tried getting is, Dion, but yeah, I don't know if the Who? music is gonna <laughs> come through. I'll have to like up the sound on that. But right on, thank you. So Jeremy's funeral, Jeremy's obituary, eulogy thingy, majigi. All right. <clears throat> We are gathered here today to celebrate the life of one Jeremy Lubosch. Before I begin, I first want to show my appreciation and respect to those who helped coordinate this event. To his mother, right here in the front row, my deepest condolences, his favorite sister, Jamie, and his other one, Stacy. A quick note, also, I'll be leaving these stack of Boundless Pod Trap bumper stickers here next to his casket. Please take one when you come up. I'd like to give a special thanks to the Hendricksens for giving us this imaginative display by customizing his casket in the shape of a clapboard for his final scene. Many of you knew him as an inspired filmmaker, a writer, a director. Before I get too far into this, I want to first clear the air in the room. I'm sure many of you are asking yourself two questions. You are wondering, where have I seen this guy? Many of you know me as one of the actors in much of his work. Him and I would develop ideas and concepts and he'd be inspired enough to write them down and create some amazing art. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jesse Milani. And to your second question, you might be wondering, why is this guy naked? I just want to say that this morning, as I was getting ready for this wake, I was rushed with so many memories of Jeremy here. I know it's what he would want me to do. Nakedness has thick symbology It's a symbol of openness, expression, to bear all. I am showing my vulnerability in this hard time as you 75-plus attendees stare at my flaccid penis. To me, Jeremy was more than a business partner in a film, podcast, media. He was a true friend. He was a great man. And judging by our years of flirty text exchange, I'm pretty sure we were a boyfriend-girlfriend. Or boyfriend-boyfriend. I never got the chance to ask him. Jeremy would go out of his way to see his friends and family win. He wanted to inspire so much and others to see them succeed. But he had a God complex. In fact, half of you in this room, he would admit, would be nothing without him. He created you. He had his hands on everything, which brings me to this. Some of you, if you follow the news or social media or the many memes that we're made after the fact knows that I was the one who found him. (laughs) It was tragic. I don't want to go into too much detail since my statement hasn't been fully public. But this is what I can say. As most people say, I have a keen and accurate sense of deductive reasoning and situational analysis that my findings and judgments are above 96% accuracy. But we shared a studio... Excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. Need a moment. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. We shared a studio for our filmmaking and podcast brands. Being the type of guy who is often connected to his phone, it appeared he got distracted in the middle of an emergency bathroom run. Jeremy had a chronic irritable bowel syndrome, so it appeared he made the attempt to undo his buckle on the way to the private studio door. My analysis suggests that he forgot his phone, which caused him to turn and twist fast enough to create centrifugal force, expelling his belt from his pant loops. A quick reaction of grabbing his phone from the desk, he sensed and caught the movement from his peripheral, and simultaneously the belt buckle lodged at the top of the sliding door, which caused a stumble with the other part of the belt to wrap and lock around his neck. Oh, God. He helplessly struggled and fought as the belt restricted tighter around his neck. Jeremy lost footing as the door slid, and, his, and Jeremy's pants crept to his ankles, leaving him exposed. Caught in a panic, his natural reaction blunted his own safety as he grabbed his member while possibly attempting to contact help on his phone still in hand. It appears it was our fellow podcaster, Lonnie, his body expelled over a gallon of defecation shortly thereafter. Imagine my shock when I arrived to the studio tracing down that long hallway that Jeremy and I walked so many times over together. We would laugh uncontrollably in those halls. As I approached the studio at the end of the hall, all I could see is ass cheeks pressed to the bottom panes of glass with smackled chunks of brown sushi and the like crusted to the window, soaking into the carpet. We'll never get our deposit back. (laughs) I saw the back of his legs limp, and all I saw was horror. It literally read horror. I slid the door open with ample force to see my best friend hanging from the door, asphyxiated by his own belt with his junk in one hand, and a picture of our dear friend Lonnie on the phone in the other. (laughs) The sight, the stench, the ringing in my ears. Well, the ringing was just his alarm reminding him to take his pill. (laughs) I do apologize for the graphic display. It had to be said. I'm, I'm still processing a bit of it, so... This really helps. If any of you are interested in seeing the scene, you can check it out on Uncensored under the special column on the ML Image Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Jeremy Lubash had this air about him that really brought out the best in others. He surely had a way to disarm you and pull out your own potential. I have personally seen it take effect many times on projects, performances I've never seen from other men in the past, I mean, outside gym locker rooms, I've never seen so many other grown-ass men's asses. He had this natural gift. Many people think of those we lost, and we have fading memories of the things we did together, but we will always recall how they made us feel. Jeremy made me feel like I was capable of anything. His belief in encouragement and others was impeccable and rare. It wasn't empty words. I stand naked before you all as a reflection of our Jeremy. That's how I found him, and that's how you will find me mind you, way better manscaped. This here is not the memory, but the emphasis of how he made you feel, how he aimed to make you smile, to provide a reel of happiness and thought. In closing, I want you all to think back to this man and project yourself forward to a place in your life where his lasting effect had cause and a purpose to reach your highest potential and contentment and ride that reel. Now prep the clapboard. Jeremy Lubosch, final ending a not so much action and the coffin closes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I want that coffin.
1: <laughs> I lost my shit when you said that. <laughs> the <did> that. <laughs>
2: oh, oh man. All right. Really, well, that was, I really hope that's not the way I go. <laughs> what? Otherwise I'm blaming you for it. I'm you were gonna... trying to grab your phone. <laughs> your belt got caught. I mean, it's completely possible. I did,
1: but...
2: <laughs> and, and probable, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just picturing <laughs> that would be a great. Has it ever been done with a casket where it's just like, <laughs> end scene?
3: <laughs> it will now. Wow. You got to die. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Work on that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> My cholesterol is well on the way to doing that. Boom. Well, this is our little obituary, eulogy, funeral speeches, wake uh, performances, if you will. I figured this would be a little bit of a brevity before we get into our prime, our main topic here, where it gets a little bit darker or a lot of bit darker because this is kind of some more serious shit. We like to use humor to process things for all of three of us. It is a natural tool that really helps us. We're going to try not to be as humorous with the delving into this. Jeremy has done a mass load of <laughs> shit. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> on you on this topic, <laughs> yeah, on this topic. So. He's going to take the reins. Go ahead, man. All right. So, like I said, I did a lot of stuff. I wrote a lot of stuff down. It's kind of all over the place.
2: So, I'm going to read this first thing. We're, we're talking about the 2017 Las Vegas shooting that took place at the music fair that was going on out there, the the Route 91 Harvest Festival. And I'm just going to read this first part right here of the... Uh, wikipedia page for it and i apologize there's gonna be a lot of talking by me at first and stuff but oh god yeah i know so on october 1st 2017 stephen paddock a 64 year old man from mesquite nevada opened fire on the crowd attending the route 91 harvest music festival on the las vegas strip in Nevada. From his 32nd floor suites in the Mandalay Bay Hotel, he fired more than a 1,000 bullets, killing 60 people and wounding 411, with the ensuing panic bringing the number of injured to 867. About an hour later, Paddock was found dead in his room from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. His motive is officially undetermined. The incident, and this is the crazy thing here, this incident is the deadliest mass shooting committed by an individual in the United States history. So that's what we're going to delve into here. There's a lot to talk about here. There's some things that may but not be
3: At least it looks that
2: way. Right. So th- the first thing I'm going to do is something that usually gets overshadowed. Usually when something like this happens, which sadly is a common occurrence with these senseless shootings and killings or just terroristic attacks, a lot of times you you know about the the killer the killer's face is posted everywhere they talk about the killer which it makes sense because we want to i think a lot of us want to know what made this person do what they did but what's usually neglected are the victims and so i want to start off it it had said 60 died but at the there was was
3: 58 who were killed two died after
2: the fact yes So what I'm going to do is, and I I apologize to the two that are left off here, but I'm going to read the names and ages of the 58 victims from the shooting just to pay honor to them. I apologize because I'm going to probably butcher a lot of these names, but so we have Hannah Ehlers, who is 34 years old, Heather Alvarado, who is 35, Doreen Anderson, 49, Carrie Barnett, 34, Jack Beaton, 54. Steve Berger, 44. Candace Bowers, 40. Denise Berditis, 50. Sandy Casey, 34. Andrea Castilla, 28. Denise Cohen, 58. Austin Davis, 29. Thomas Day Jr., 54. Christina Duarte, 22. Stacy Etcheber, 50. Brian Fraser, 39. Carrie Galvin, 31. Dana Gardner, 52. Angela Gomez, 20. Rocio Gulian Roca, 40. Charleston Hartfield, 34. Chris Hasencombe, 44. Jennifer Topaz Irvine, 42. Teresa Nicole Kimura, 38. Jessica Kleimchick, 34. Carly Krimbaum, 33. Rhonda LaRocque, 42. Victor Link, 55. Jordan McLeodon, twenty-three; Kelsey Meadows, twenty-eight; Kala Marie Mendig, twenty-eight; James Sunny Melton, twenty-nine; Patricia Mestis, sixty-seven; Austin Mayer, twenty-four; Adrian Murfit, thirty-five; Rachel Parker, thirty-three; Jenny Parks, thirty-six; Carrie Parsons, thirty-one; Lisa Patterson, forty-six. John Phippen, 56. Melissa Ramirez, 26. Jordan Rivera, 21. Quentin Robbins, 20. Cameron Robinson, 28. Tara Rowe, 34. Lisa Romero Munez, 48. Chris Roybell, 28. Brett Schwambeck, 61. Bailey Schwetzer, 20. Laura Ship, 50. Eric Silva, 21. Susan Smith, 53. Brennan Stewart, 30, Derek Bo Taylor, 56, NASA Tonks, 46, Michelle Vo, 32, Kurt Vontillo, 55, and Bill Wolf, 42. Those are the 58 victims from that. Again, there was actually 60, and I apologize for not having those names, but they had passed on at a later date from it but it's not much coming from us for this but i just felt that was necessary to get the names out there to pay respects to them just because
3: i mean if you think about 58 that's a large number of yeah, people yeah. and that's only a percentage of the people who were actually affected by it yeah, uh, I mean, as far as i mean everybody was affected by it mentally but the people who are injured nearly 900 yeah, yeah. that's nearly 1000 including the deaths and I hate to say this
2: because of the situation, but I am shocked that the number dead was not higher than what it was. Right. He was above them, yeah. the high vantage shooting point shooting down at them and I mean it's just a crowd of people that like you shoot, you're hitting. You're right. not going to miss hardly. The
0: only thing I can think why the casualty number was so low is the distance. Like he was a quarter of a mile away.
2: Yes, but they did find, and we'll get more into this later too, but he used a table, like a, a side table. To tripod something. To tripod something, and on the table next to that, they said that police, there was, um like, geometry. Like, he was figuring out yeah, yeah.
3: the angle of He knew the of schematics stuff. of the distance and... Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. It But
0: just the power of the gun and stuff like that. Right. Like, even from that distance might be why so many people were injured over killed was that just the bullets from that might just not had enough momentum to travel completely through the body yeah well i mean
3: he had how many different he had over it was
2: 20 like 24 like 20 bags or so in and then it was like over 40 weapons right and i'll kind of get into that because i'm right now i I read the the victims i'm going to read the timeline of what happened with this event and then we will really delve into this So this all started actually on September 9th of 2017 where Paddock reserves a room at the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas. September 25th, 2017, Paddock checks into the hotel with a checkout date of October 2nd. He rolls one bag to his room himself and a bellman uses a luggage cart to bring up four other bags. Paddock then leaves and returns to his home in Mesquite, Nevada. September 26th, Paddock wires $50,000 to a bank account in the Philippines where his girlfriend, Mary Lou Danley, is visiting family. Paddock then returns to Las Vegas and visits a pair of casino hotels before returning to Mandalay Bay where he brings another six suitcases on a luggage cart as well as another rolling suitcase to his room. Paddock then begins gambling at the hotel overnight and into the next morning for more than eight hours, September 27th. Paddock insists on relocating to another room, saying he wants a better view and is given a suite with two adjoining rooms. That night, Paddock drives back to Mesquite and buys luggage, razor blades, fake flowers, and a vase and a styrofoam ball at a Walmart. September 28th, Paddock buys a .308 bolt-action rifle from a gun store in Mesquite and wire transfers an additional $50,000 to an account in the Philippines. Paddock also goes to a gun range before returning to Las Vegas. He brings another two rolling suitcases and a laptop bag to his Mandalay Bay room and again gambles for more than six hours until early the next morning. September 30th. After spending September 29th mostly in his room, Paddock places Do Not Disturb signs on his adjoining rooms and drives to Mesquite and then returns to his Mandalay Bay suite with four more suitcases. He then drives back to Mesquite. Now we reach October 1st, 2017, the day of the attack. Paddock returns to Mandalay Bay early in the morning and gambles for four hours. He brings two more rolling suitcases and a bag to his room. And throughout the afternoon, officials say he is detected opening and closing the doors to his suite multiple times, probably while preparing for his attack. 9.36 p.m., Paddock deadbolts the door to one of his rooms and then deadbolts the door to the other one. Ten minutes later. 10 p.m. Security guard Jesus Campos arrives via elevator on the 32nd floor to investigate an alert of an open door in a guest room down the hall from Paddock's suite. Campos checks the stairwell door that blocked his entry to the floor minutes earlier and discovers that it has been fastened closed with an L bracket. 10.04 p.m. Campos calls security dispatch to report the blocked door. His call is routed to the facilities maintenance department, which dispatches maintenance engineer Stephen Shuck to go to the floor. 10.05 p.m., Paddock fires two initial shots at the Las Vegas Village, the open-air venue across the street from the hotel where the Route 91 Harvest Musical Festival is being held with more than 20,000 attendees. Then he fires some more. 10.06, 10.06, Campos hears what he later described as rapid drilling noises as Paddock fires about 100 rounds at concert goers. Paddock, who placed surveillance cameras outside of his room, starts shooting through the door and down the hallway at Campos, hitting the security guard in the leg. Campos, who is unarmed, takes cover and radios a hotel dispatcher for help, giving Paddock's room number on the 32nd floor. 10.07, Paddock resumes firing hundreds of rounds at concert goers. Two Las Vegas police officers are already in the building on another call. They head upstairs, presumably to try to find the source of the gunfire, along with two armed Mandalay Bay security guards. Over the next two minutes, Paddock takes several pot shots at jet fuel storage tanks at the nearby airport, striking them twice but not igniting the fuel, before resuming firing on the concert crowd. 10-10. Shuck, the building engineer, arrives on the 32nd floor and Campos yells for him to take cover. Paddock starts firing down the hall and Shuck radios hotel dispatch to send police to the 32nd floor. 10-11. The two police officers arrive on the 31st floor on one floor below Paddock's as the gunman resumes firing on the concert crowd. 10-12. Two armed Mandalay Bay security officers arrive on the 32nd floor, and the police and security guards on the 31st floor realize that the shooting is coming from one floor above them. 1015. Paddock fires his final shots at concertgoers. 1016. The two police officers on the 31st floor enter the stairwell outside the 32nd floor hallway, but do not confront Paddock. 1057 p.m. Police breach the sealed 32nd floor stairwell doorway. 11.20 p.m., police use explosives to blow open Paddock's door and they discover Paddock dead. 11.26 p.m., police breach the interior door to Paddock's second room where a police officer accidentally fires three rounds into the room. So my first thing with all this is how was it not suspicious with the hotel that this guy over a f- period of a few days was wheeling in so many goddamn
3: suitcases. I'd imagine there's gun shows and stuff here and there and like off-duty police officers probably like in the lobby or something. I mean, like... But that many? They would, like, I, I, granted, they didn't know what was in the bag. I don't think many but. people consider it. I mean, yes, in most situations, you should be alert for any sort of threat. They, they teach these classes here and there for most basic service jobs. You know, if you're a bellhop or something like that, there's a proper way of doing your job and there's also safety briefings and all that. Like right. even the security, I've worked three different security jobs and to say that you trust everybody who's working it. I mean, this isn't yeah. this is hotel security. To some people it's just a paycheck. Yeah, it's a job. Two well,
2: and left. he used the the freight elevator. The freight yeah. elevator, the which is for
3: employees, and had bellhops yeah. helping him too. It's just—I know he was a what was he a yeah. millionaire or something like that, or like he yeah. was smart with his money. Him and his brother had a realty company or something like that. Right. I mean, like they bought properties and, and especially when it was cheap and booming in California and all that. So, his stays, him and I believe his brother as well, were comped often at hotels. Right. So just to move up and get the upgrades well, and all that, and they knew him. Yeah. Pretty well there too. So for him to have access, I mean, that is a step into it, but he's not an employee and I don't know how he would have access to the freight elevators.
0: Another thing you got to take into account, he was staying there a week and I'm sure Vegas is used to seeing more awkward than numerous bags coming in, let alone someone who's staying there for an extended stay. So to them, it could be... Oh, here's another weirdo.
3: There's their extended guests or royalty guests or whatever. I right. mean, like treat them well, treat them well, like show them respect. And however they push that, I don't know this, this particular situation, but right. and usually th- if somebody's staying at a suite or, you know, the right. top floor, all that, I mean, this is the 32nd floor.
0: Yeah. yeah. And think how many rooms he switched between and then he complained and had wanted to be switched to something yeah. with a better view. At that point, they're
3: probably just done with them. They're yeah, like, yeah, it's just Just this, give him what he wants. Fuck He's, this guy. He's spending some time on the casino floors and...
0: Yeah, he's spending 50000 so. a pop. But Yeah, let him fucking gamble. And-
3: I mean, I feel like if I was a bellhop there,
2: and maybe what you guys said is true. Like, you know, it's Vegas. People come for conventions and stuff, so they might have a lot of bags or whatever with them. But I don't know. Just to me, helping a guy with by himself with that many bags, and I mean, the bags had to be heavy, and they had to make noise. Yeah. Like, if you have metal... Guns clanking Clank, together, yeah. and I mean, I, I doubt you would be like as the bellhop be like, "Well, it's in here. Are these guns in here?" But I feel it. like you'd report it, chalk but, it up to cosplay.
3: I'm just you know, yeah. yeah but but convention. to me,
2: Mandalay Bay, I think the way they handled this whole situation is bullshit. I mean, they they tried suing all the victims, I'd be saying because it's not their fault or whatever like that. Which you know, yes and no. I I, I don't know, but to sue the victims, to me that. I feel like that should have been the nail in the coffin in Mandalay Bay, MGM. They should have been.
3: Yeah. Like. Well, that's, there is, if you want to talk conspiracy, there was stuff into that where the stock just a month before was pulled from MGM and things were starting to tank. So it was giving way to being, this is a inside job. Which, and we will get into conspiracy theories here in a little bit. But to, yeah, to take what you just read, all that, with all the names and all that. Well, let, let's bring it back to that. I do agree that the victims don't ever get the, or hardly ever get the uh, respect that they're doing. In a way, and this is kind of a rough statement here, it can be a waste of time. It is only valued to the people who know the people. Not that they care what the news is going to say to them. It's like, yeah, you're getting the respect, but nobody else cares. It's like, I didn't know the person, but not to say I don't care, but it's like, I can't place a face. So I don't know who it was. They meant nothing to me, but killer means nothing. To yeah. Me. And it does suck because that's the person who's getting all the notori- notoriety. And that's why a lot of people do yeah. this. Too. Yeah. They, they want they, their fame. They yeah. think it means something. It's like, no, you're a piece of shit. He is you got to, you're a piece, you're of, piece, of, piece shit. of shit, but right. his name's going down in history. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know if I, because I did delve more into like the conspiracy and all this, it's like, this is what the news is saying. And, and that uh, also with the news I hate when people are like, well, I can't trust the news because the news is always Yeah, well, first off, you shouldn't really trust, trust the news. Like you should always approach things with a level mind, you know, with a bit of skepticism, just verify, fact check, go back and and confirm these things. Because they're saying, Well, I don't know. They they said this now, and then the next day they changed the whole story. It's like, yeah, because they didn't have the facts. And most of you guys are saying, Well, okay. If they aren't saying anything now, they're just they're withholding things. It's like, well, it's a lose-lose either way. So it's like For in a situation, if I waited for everything to expire, to transpire, I should say, and then I put everything out, timeline and all that, it's like, it's going to take a while to process everything because we don't even have the uh, motive. We don't have any of this. And there's so many things that's connected to this, but not connected to it that you have to question. Well, they've already closed this case. But
2: this is the thing is that was another thing when this first happened it was such a crazy thing in the largest mass shooting and by a single person yeah. in us history. Right.
3: But you can just get the like, joke out of air already that well, it was just a country thing, but yeah. it's like, yeah, whatever.
2: But it felt like, okay, the day it happened, the day after it was on the news, but then I just felt like it was just brushed to the side. It wasn't a big deal. And a lot of things was this happened in fucking Las Vegas. There's cameras everywhere in las vegas yet we don't know anything about this guy how he pulled this off and it wasn't until a while after it happened to where they finally started to release surveillance footage of him and it's just because that was my thing it's like from the minute this guy arrived in the las vegas strip
3: his every move was recorded it should have been the only time it wouldn't have been would have been in his room right then well i guess it would have since he had cameras and stuff yeah but yeah, there was no security footage to say it got brushed under, or and that's just probably dropped. a poor choice of words. It's just it, it's like it was a ever, happening thing. Ever
2: smaller things happen, and
3: it's like they kept going and going. I'm like, yeah. this, this, is this is a mass murder. Yeah, but then Harvey Weinstein gets brought up, and then Boy Scouts of America get brought up because of allowing girls in the Boy Scouts. It's like people are making bigger problems or issues about that than they are these people who are affected. Like yeah, yeah. It's like yes, Harvey Weinstein, piece of shit, confirmed. Like all this had dirt on. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's how fast the news is always traveling and changing and stuff. So it's like you got to roll with the tide. And um.
2: so this is another thing, and it was posted. I don't know how long after a year, two years. And it could have actually been recently. So these people that go and they visit sites of things like this that happen, like tragedy or whatnot. They posted on YouTube. They walked into the Mandalay Bay. They walked to the freight elevator without being questioned. Got on the freight elevator, went all the way up to the thirty-second floor. Got off, went to the room, which is now they have the room. There's a across wall across from so it. Was it? No, the room now that he was in, it's a wall now, and there's like pictures on it. That room is no longer a accessible room. and stuff. But it was just, they were just showing that. May, again, Mandalay Bay MGM didn't do shit after this happened to try Their to... Their security protocol is still... Yeah. Wow. The, okay. These people just walk And they said that they went up and down the elevator. I think they said it was like 12, 13 times. Even went up to the roof, got access to the roof.
3: You're not that, supposed that to have access to hotel roofs.
2: They were never stopped or questioned once by security or any staff members there, which again, and then we get to the conspiracy like... This Mandalay Bay MGM, they're kind of on my shit list for this because they obviously don't give a shit about anything but
3: themselves and making money. <laughs> so, Ramada has bigger I was going to say, than. I've stayed in a lots of hojos that give a shit what you're doing. Yeah. Motel 60 or 88, whatever. Six. 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 Whatever has better <laughs> security features. <laughs> so, have you guys seen with the, cockroaches? Have you
2: guys seen the video <laughs> of the year prior for that same music festival? some guy that was attending got that exact same room and he did a video room tour of it when he got there showing what the room looked like on the inside and even like out the window at the venue. I think that's fucking weird that out of all the rooms and for somebody to think I'm going to video record this room this guy did that and he posted it on YouTube. So it's
3: like, you actually could see the room. Right. Well, it might it's be kind of the casino lottery thing. That it's like, m- it, it's, there's a chance.
0: Right. You know? And that might be one of the motivation factors why you went there. Cause it, if you look into stuff and it was pretty prevalent in the wiki, that he had scouted other locations. He was yeah. looking at Boston. He was looking at Chicago, yeah, Lollapalooza. Was,
2: there was another one, uh, the Ogden for the Life is Beautiful Festival right. that same weekend.
0: So it could have been a possibility that he had seen that video and was like, oh, this is a prime location. Yeah. It could have been a deciding factor on that. Let me know when I'm allowed to pull out my redneck cart because I have some stuff I wanted to you go right ahead. So I wanted to dive in a little bit into the weapon and the bullets and the bump stock okay so about that time i was working at sportsman's warehouse which is the west coast equivalent of like a bass pro shop or a cabela's for those of you who don't live in the midwest or west coast and the two main weapons that he used were ar-15 and ar-10 which are both assault rifles Equipped with a bump stock, and if you don't know what a bump stock is, it's an accessory used on the stock of a weapon, which is what you put into your shoulder. Justin, obviously you're familiar with bump stock, so correct me if I'm wrong, but a bump stock is, it's a recoil, so when you pull the trigger, it recoils and fires again, makes it more-
3: Yeah, you use your body for absorbing and continue.
0: So, he was able, per burst, when he was firing his bursts off, because he had- Extended magazines, he was able to burst 80 to 100 shots per burst. So, in the 10 minute period of time he was firing, that's how he was able to get a thousand shots off so quickly because he was shooting mass loads of bullets from an extended magazine with the bump stock. If it wasn't for those additions to his rifles, he would have had casualties, would be the destruction sure. probabilities. In the AR 15, he was using 0.223 bullets. And that's why I was talking about the distance with being a quarter of a mile. The power or the energy that a two-two-three can produce is only like 1,230 feet worth of energy. So at 1,230 feet, that bullet starts losing its gas. It'll start dropping. It'll start really losing its power. Now it has, what is it, like 2,700 feet per second of travel, but it's losing power. So it'll go fast as hell, but it'll go like this
3: Right. It still has the advantage of gravity, but that's not doing too much.
0: No, not at all. That's why I was talking about earlier about. He probably had on his angle, whatever he was angled to the area, he probably had a good angle at like the first couple of rows of people and
3: into the arena. You're at least but hitting somebody. I mean, from the vantage point that he's at, like if you're straight on level and did like a little side spray, yeah, the modifications help control the spray, but we're people were more staggered so you enhance your target mm-hmm. you're at least hitting something yeah and he,
0: and he had mass numbers of the weapons he had like he had like 13 AR15s
2: he had 8 or 10 AR10s i mean if you look at the crime scene photos i mean fuck there's just guns and magazines everywhere right. in that room and it seems
0: excessive but what you have to think about it is if you're shooting per burst 80 to 100 rounds that gun is going to overheat and two That's rounds. why he was switching off Yeah, you drop or that, that what we gun think and he was you're doing. grabbing another gun. You have to. Because if you would try to shoot another round, that the barrel of the gun would warp and you'd end
2: up blowing it up in your hands. Do you think, Lonnie, that him being so high up actually... It probably hurt him. Hurt him. Yeah, if he absolutely. would have had a room lower, you think that it would have...
0: Well, in regards, if he was a good marksman, he would might be able to shoot higher... Like, so if I was straight on with the target, you might want to lead it higher. So, and then it would drop in from him being high and trying to shoot low. That might kill the momentum as well.
3: I think so he, it's hard. his character to speak on his character, like he probably considered that like he was very, Like yeah. he had the schematics to kind of gave him the trajectory that he needed for right. his spot. Well, and
0: everyone takes into account that an assault rifle is the best weapon to take into a mass shooting situation where you want to kill as many people as possible. But an assault rifle is probably the most inefficient. If you're up close, sure. Military style, absolutely. It's a great weapon. But in a situation like that, if you're going to fire as many rounds through it, it's going to overheat. It's not a super powerful weapon.
3: I've been a few barrels myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, and he had bolt action rifles as well that were 308s and those are great, but you're firing one round every 30 seconds. If you're not good with a bolt action rifle, it's slow, it's powerful and it's going to go a distance, but it's slow. And then he had a 38, which it's probably the strongest weapon he had with him
2: but it's going to shoot about 30 feet. Can you imagine if when he hit those gas tanks at the airport nearby, what would have happened if it would have actually
3: exploded? If he, if See, one of that made sense to me. Like they said that his target was the gas tanks, but he had explosives in his car. So it's like, what was that for? Well, Cop- he was, I
2: don't think he was, the whole thing didn't get carried out because like I was saying, he had a room at the Ogden for the life is beautiful
3: yeah.
1: He scouted a right. few places.
2: He, I don't think this was the end. Yeah. I think right. something went wrong or as we talk about in a little bit, the conspiracy theories. I, I just, I don't know. I honestly think the gas at the airport was for
0: a distraction. I think causing that much chaos is going to put like the shootings are going to make people freak out because they were in such a confined space with the fences. They're going to try to feed out, but eventually they're going to get their rhythm and they're going to go yeah. with blowing up the tanks first before you start shooting. That's such a random chaos where they're going to be running around with chickens with their heads. They cut might off. even disperse and closer
3: to him. So it's right. going
0: to get better.
2: Well, everybody, if you, you talk to police officers that were there and even feds and feds and, and people attending the, the festival they had no idea how how many gunmen they were because they felt like it was coming from all around them. Right. So an explosion yeah. like that would definitely send up flares over here, where now the attention's over there, and
3: he's able to continue to do what he's right. doing. Like but even down at the attendees, like there was, well, one of the people I think I can easily dismiss. There was like some crazy chick who was walking around saying they were all going to die. I don't know if if she was ever confirmed or named or placed. If anybody's ever talked to her, it seemed like a drunk chick at a concert who might have had one too many. I can't really glean too much of anything off of her, but she probably could have been one of the hookers who he had took back to his room a few times. I guess there was a few of them who were questioned, who said he was kind of one of the rougher John's. I I did remember hearing something about that, too. And one of them was like, yeah, you're probably going to find my fingerprints on some of the casings, because that's what he liked. I don't know. I mean... One thing
2: I was going to read earlier, too, and I might read some random things in here and stuff like that. But according to his girlfriend, this is under the Wikipedia preparation section. According to his girlfriend, Paddock repeatedly cased out Las Vegas Village from different windows in the room when they stayed at the Mandalay Bay a month before the shooting. His girlfriend is another thing that kind of pisses me off because I feel like there were so many warning signs there, but yet she didn't do anything. Right. But at the same time, he basically
3: wired her a hundred thousand yeah. uh, dollars. He was yeah. giving her buku and as a keep your mouth shut yeah, type of thing. It, it seemed that way, and she wasn't questioning much. Like she's back and forth with things, so it's like right. I can't place her. Oops. And don't don't get the before I want to no. save myself here. Don't get the impression that some guy who works for the post office, who is, <laughs> you know, with a Filipino chick who has experience with weapons and <laughs> not, well, not everybody's like that <laughs> well,
0: uh, plus you got to think your your partner is always going to give you the benefit of the doubt yeah. so they might think it but they're not gonna
3: well okay well they were together for how long was it like two years was it longer i don't know longer than that okay. that's
0: enough to overlook your significant other as a serial killer well, she was back and forth.
3: she was back and forth over country wasn't she because, yeah, I mean, during she, this time, she was in the Philippines. Yeah,
2: she was in the Philippines. But I, if you're going to ask me, like... You're pretty I much transferring your bank account. Is she innocent in this? I absolutely not. I think she 100% helped him with things. And I think that she might have been part of the plot later on down Well, she the line.
3: came out and saying that it was confusing. I don't know. I, I haven't... I don't remember the statement. I just remember hearing something about it, like... So this is hearsay, take this with what you will, but that he was acting kind of weird in the visits at the hotel as though he was looking at cameras and you yeah. know trying to see where everything was, like he was mapping things.
2: I mean, there's just that's the the thing about this, that's the most intriguing is like he really had no fucking motive to do this. Yeah. And he, you know, he's he has two brothers right. at least that I know of. One of which uh, a lot of people probably remember when that first happened like they went to Stephen Paddock's parents' house. Well, his brother was there, and you know they had just found out his brother was at least nice enough to talk to the media that was there because a lot of people they they lawyer up and their yeah. lawyers tell them not talking anyway. He literally had nothing to hide. He went out there and just the
3: well, I think the, if it's that one, the first one, he did have things to hide. But it was personal.
2: Well, yeah, but it's it's just just the look on his brother's face and his eyes and how he spoke, like he was legitimately shocked oh, yeah. at what was going on and no idea why his brother would do something like this. And I I know there were ISIS claims, Stephen Paddock. Yeah, yeah, I, I can dismiss I, that. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate. At There's all. a few things
3: that ISIS has tried to take, I guess, blame for just to increase their notoriety. That word is so hard. Well, he has another brother, Bruce Paddock, who just recently
2: was on a podcast, and one thing he said, and I didn't get to hear the whole podcast because I couldn't find the link, it was just a uh, clip to it, but he was saying, his brother Bruce has a spinal condition that puts him in a wheelchair, he can't walk, and it's hereditary, and he thinks that his brother might have had a case of it or a worse case of it, and just do something that was going to happen to her. Maybe it was going to paralyze him for worse than his brother or whatever. And that he didn't want to go down that route. But wasn't yet, he the oldest brother, Steve, Steven, Steve was, I think the middle. Cause he was like 64. Was it? He was 64.
3: It's like, I mean, even still but, uh, hereditary,
2: but yeah, I mean, that's just, that still doesn't like, did this guy have some kind of secret fetish that he just wanted to harm people? Like, If I found out I had something like that and I didn't want to go through it, kind of like we had mentioned earlier, like, you know, some people suicide it's because they find something terminal or something that's wrong and they don't want to go through it. Right. I mean, if that's the case, kill yourself. Why, why the fuck? I mean, is having your name go down in history as the current gunman who shot the most people in us history. Like I feel like, you know, you have a legacy that you left with your family and you just fucking shit all over that by doing this. Like, and one of the things we're with that we're not taking into account is his
0: religious preference. If he had any source of a Christian— yeah,
3: sure He actually didn't. He was an atheist.
0: Uh, yeah, but if he did, he uh, suicide is as big of a sin as murder. So in his mind, he could have been—well, killing himself is he's going to hell. He might as well take a whole bunch of people with him.
3: There was a—I think it was a prostitute who was saying that if she was wearing— a cross that
0: irony which yeah
3: i know <laughs> exactly yeah but if if somebody was wearing a cross or whatever like all that talk of would kind of shut down it's like uh supposedly he was a known atheist not yeah. that that means anything atheists aren't out to kill people actually <laughs> yeah i find that very stupid to you, know, you can there's more christians in the prison system than anybody yeah
0: and the curse <clears throat> And the prison system and the government. The
3: thing is, it's like taking it down to the attendees again. Not just that lady who was running around, but some of the people who were actually injured, who is saying that they are even targeted or so that they were claiming for sure that there were two people like they were feeling shots from coming from both sides. It could easily be the spray of, you know, so high up because just a small little movement can spread feet. You know, yards away from uh, from where his vantage point was, but people were saying that they saw, you know, like, and I can also kind of dismiss the echoes. You know, the the they're saying they're hearing shots here and then they're hearing shots here, but like you're in a concert venue where it's designed for sound to ricochet, and then they kind of like slowed down some video where it's like you hear a first spray burst and then there's like a little pause and then another, but like you're hearing the echo. So some people are saying like, it sounds like two guns firing at the same time, but it could be like the echo. So it's like the only way to prove that is to redo, reenact. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you don't know for sure until you do it, but like, it's not safe to do it obviously, but it's like,
2: so speaking of victims, I was hoping to, I reached out to a couple people that were victims. One was actually, (laughs) they're not coming in. Uh, one was actually one that got shot and survived and the other one was just there. Neither of them got back to me one of them didn't even get a read, didn't read the message, but I was really hoping to have them as a call in guest for this, just so we kind of get an idea of what it was like firsthand. I mean, especially the one that was shot to know what they go through, but you know, I watched a lot of videos in preparation for this too on victims that survived or the family members of those that passed away. And one of them was a girl that she was there with her sister. And what's creepy is like, there's several of the victims where there's pictures of them. Just, just moments taking a before. Selfie, yeah. Just moments before, hours before. And it's like, God, they're having a good time smiling. And it's just like, you have no idea. This is probably the last picture you're going to take. And We've stuff, said that but, many yeah. times. with, And other, that's what yeah. really like gets me when w- with these things. But this girl was there with her sister. There was a picture of them selfie style and i want to say they were there for their sister's 21st birthday and she was telling me that when it happened her sister was actually taking charge once the gunshots started going and people were ducking and stuff like that and she was telling all them that she was with like it's okay let's just stay down if we stay down we're gonna be fine and she said seconds after she said that her sister got shot in the head and she saw it happen. She held onto her sister. Her sister didn't immediately die, but she knew she was dying and stuff. And it's just like the way her sister was talking was like, it was so strong where it's just like, you know, I don't know how you're doing it, whether you're putting on a face for the camera and the news crew, but God, if that were me and my sister, I saw her get shot in the head in front of me and was dying in my arms. There's no way I could talk about it. I'd probably still be fucking crying about it. But Jamie, just, for sure, Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's just... She'd probably be complaining. <laughs> there is a video, too, that I don't think it's up anymore, but it's literally some guy who's like... I think he was in the army, and he was at his phone video recording, but he was helping people. And it's like, I don't know if he didn't realize that his
3: phone was still recording or what, but he was literally... I I don't think his attention was at his phone. I think he just needed it in his hand going.
2: But, yeah, he was just trying to help as many victims as possible. And this was after, like, pretty much everybody was cleared out and the gunfire had stopped. But, I mean, you see, he goes up to a lot of the victims. I mean, there's one where... You know, the guy shot in his head and he was still, he was on his last breath. Like he could hear the gurgling and stuff like, and he could have, it could have been post-mortem stuff where he was just, the air was leaving his body. But I saw that video and it's one that stuck with me have and, seen that one and it's i don't think it that's the thing too anymore. like
3: the week two weeks three weeks after this has happened like it was flooded youtube i remember seeing so much but like going back and searching like actual events they've scrubbed a lot well, of the let's, stuff
2: let's get into that because i feel like that leads into the conspiracy stuff
3: yeah that's where i put a lot more stock too because there's a lot of shifty shit that happened we'll start off with like just the the shooting that happened at Was it Oak something a few weeks after or days after the Thousand Oaks shooting? There's a lot of people who are at this event who are also at that. I don't want to say conspiracy actor. I mean, these are actual shootings. People are actually losing their lives and stuff like that. Right. When people want to first bring up like the conspiracy actor, or sorry, the crisis actor. Crisis, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I hate when they did like with uh, Sandy Hook and all this. It's like fucking Alex Jones goes on. Like, the thing is, is Alex Jones, as crazy as he is, is sometimes right on point. It's like you he just doesn't have like realize a, how yeah. accurate he is. Yeah, is the he's funny like, thing. The fucking gay frogs, you know, chemtrails turning the frogs gay. I was like, okay, you don't have anything with that, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, he's he's a character, but yeah, the people who are saying like, yeah, I saw this person there, and you know, right before the press record on the news, you know, you can see like the firefighters or the actors in the back, like they're laughing and joking, and then you know, it's like, well, <sighs> sometimes that's what people do. Yeah, you. That's- People use humor, kind of how have prefaced earlier. We use humor to process things. And it's like, things suck. So we have to find a way to get through it. And if we can laugh at ourselves, or sometimes the situation, despite how fucked up it is, it's like, it eases things. It doesn't make it right or wrong. You're the person who's kind of applying that morality to it. It's like, fuck, man. Like, I'm hurting, but I want to laugh and help. So let me
2: ask you guys this: Do
3: you believe in crisis actors? Uh, to an extent, I don't think everything out there is a crisis actor. I think there are certain people who want the uh, fame, and if even if it's just as an actor, but to be like a professional crisis actor, like how do you like right. how do you submit for something yeah. like that? I,
0: I don't. I wouldn't go as far as think. <laughs> I'm going to take it to a different place altogether. You? I don't think. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. I don't think it's necessarily a crisis actor. But you could take it anywhere. Like, it, maybe it's someone who is sent there to experience death and trauma again and again and again. Maybe it's a punishment for
3: Some them. people are in the wrong place at the wrong time so many times. And right. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, like, bad luck. Like, the people going to the Thousand Oaks shooting right after this. It's
0: like, ugh. Yeah.
3: Maybe it's just
0: a punishment. Or maybe it's all bullshit. And maybe that there's four billion people in the United States and... Three hundred thousand of them look identical
3: it's another case of synchronicity yeah it's like the timing on things it's like if you want to call it fate or if you want to call it like what do you call it other things (laughs) yeah i call it synchronicity it's like when things just kind of like sync up and it seems like oh i was just thinking of this song and it's on the radio it's like yeah it's a moment of synchronicity but fuck man like it sucks some people have the worst luck
2: oh yeah i believe it well,
3: you usually some of the sweetest people.
2: <laughs> you know, when this first happened to me, there were a lot of red flags where I was just like, "This Stephen Paddock was set up." It looks that way. And then as things went Boom. on, I kind of went against that. But now, as I'm doing this again, I'm like, some of the things I'm reading, and again, not everything on the internet's true, but reading some of the stuff, I'm like, "Fuck!" And even doc- little documentaries I've been watching on YouTube, some things don't add up. And one of the things to me that really stands out. And we won't post it because it's so graphic, but you can Google it. If you type in and Google Steven Paddock's graphic crime scene photo, you can see him dead on the floor with the bullet hole and stuff like that in his head and blood coming out. What's interesting about that picture is a couple of things. The first thing is, okay, he shot himself standing up and he would have fell down and there's blood on the carpet. He's got on his shirt, like on his chest area, a huge puddle of blood. Yeah. The way he fell, there's no way that blood would be down there. And some even people, if he shot himself standing up, there's no way
3: that much blood would have dripped down, down or whatever. There. Some people were saying like he shot himself in the chest or, you know, and some people were saying he shot himself in the head. And it's like, was it a mouth shut or it was, chin shot, whatever? It was head. Oh, okay. See, I didn't, I haven't seen any of that.
2: And, and oh. that's the other reason too. It's like, cause when most people do use a gun on themselves, it's usually in the mouth. Yeah.
3: My thing with this is it looks set up because not just that the hard drives were gone and the computers that he had set up for the cameras everywhere, the conjoining room was locked on the other side. And yeah. then there was like, supposedly they, they said that there was like at least two or three people who were in that room at one point. I don't know if it was with him at this point.
1: Well, and, and there was
3: like the six minutes from when the security guard Campos uh, Jose, uh, Jesus, Jesus Fuck, okay, He went on Ellen to talk about this. That's the only thing he did. Oh, he was very... Him and that Steven Shuck
2: or whatever. The maintenance guy. maintenance guy. They were... I watched that episode and it's like, his use is very distraught. Yeah. Which, you know, you could... Understandably. Yeah. But... Well, the other thing, too, with that picture is the shell casings next to Steven is blood. They're in a puddle of blood, but the shell casings are clean, shiny. There's no blood. And, yes, Grant, I know blood wouldn't necessarily stain it but it would still be on the casing like you wouldn't have shell casings it depends on how hot (laughs) the casings were if the casings were super hot it would burn the blood off them oh maybe but to me that looked fishy to me and i don't understand i mean the only way that it could have happened was how, how would the people if there was people in the room with him how the fuck would they have gotten out of there unless the only way would be if police were
3: in on it Or that Jesus was in on it and I think the the, FBI and this is kind of the (laughs) fucked up thing too. It's like the things that kind of happened after the fact, especially to the people who are saying that, you know, the whole JFK thing, there was a second shooter. It's like some people were saying that they know for a fact that there was shooters in the crowd. Like they saw the people and there was a couple who said that they saw one who their car, like a few days afterwards, after they were going on saying like, no, there were two shooters. There were more than just the one in the hotel. Their car seemed to get, veer off the road and crash right in front of their house. They had two daughters who survived. But that and what was the other one? Uh, another couple who or sorry. Yeah, those people who said that they had photos or other things, their phones were taken in. FBI kept them for weeks. And then they were finally gave back, wiped like, everything was cleared. It's like, well, if, if you, normally the FBI wouldn't, like, wipe your own shit. I don't know if it's normally, but, yeah. And then they die a few days later in a car crash that, because of a malfunction in their car, there was another one. I might be joining this stuff. But, yeah, there was at least two cases of people who were saying that there were multiple shooters who had FBI involvement that kind of fucked things up. All the scrubbing of the videos. The FBI usually come in and do their initial investigations. Then you have to contract other people to clean up. But it was the FBI who was there doing all the cleanup and standing around.
0: Was there any video of them going into the room, blowing up the door, and them going yeah. into the room? Okay,
3: There's that, a body that, cam
0: footage of it. That eliminates the post-mortem shots anyway. Because like, that could have been a possibility. They shoot them post-mortem.
2: Yeah, no. So... They breached the outside door, and this is all on video. They breached the outside door. They enter the room and stuff. clear the that room, the main room. You can hear him say, one deceased on the floor, so nobody shot at him. Then when they breached the other room, the adjoining room, an officer shot off three rounds. And I still don't understand what that was, if he saw something or finger slipped i don't know but it was just like yeah that was the only time any other shots were fired in that room but where the adjoining room was and where he was i don't think that the the casings from that would have would have fell but
0: yeah or unless it was from the shrapnel from the explosion
2: could have been but but my thing is okay so if the fbi is in on this what's the point of this? Like what, what were they trying to do? I guess what, what was going on at that time to where this would have been a necessary thing to do. I mean, you can't tell me it was for Mandalay Bay or whatever to what, what were you saying earlier, Justin about Mandalay Bay, like week prior or something to it, or Uh, there was people taking
3: out stock. Let me see if I could, Oh, did
0: it go from a public traded company to a private
3: held company? Let me see if I could find it again.
0: I mean, you can't disregard MK Ultra or the man, another Manchurian candidate opportunity.
2: Well, I mean, I'm surprised that this wasn't put on Trump. <laughs> they didn't blame him for this.
3: My thing, I guess, with the—and I hate when people do this. Like, it's the old kick in the can down the road. It's like they're trying to legislate. Like, I'm not big on guns, but I'm, if, if it's your hobby and you're doing it responsibly, then yeah. But if you're going to, like—they're they're trying to ban— bump stocks legislation i mean it's like it's kind of more of a left-reaching talking point it's like oh we got to ban this just to kind of like get their foot in the door to even take more control of like eradicating guns or if you want to say eradicating but it's like it's not doing anything though like you're kicking the can down the road it's like clean up the trash you know that's that's my main thing if you're trying to make a big maneuver you, you still have to come up to that can again it's like it's it's it did nothing
2: Well, I mean, to me, I I know it's always... People preach gun
3: control, and I believe we've talked about this in the past, but it's just like... Go ahead, Justin. Here it is. George Soros, Soros Fund Management, shorted our bet against the stock price of Mandalay Bay's MGM shortly prior to the shooting. MGM owns the Mandalay Bay shooting site. MGM Grand CEO James Murren quietly dumped a lot of his personal MGM stock prior to the shooting.
2: See, I just don't know why you would do something like that when you know it can be easily traced. Yeah. I, I I just this seriously like this thing is just so I, I know the case is closed but fuck there's just so much unanswered
3: there's stuff. another it,
2: it's it's weird everything about this is weird which is why it's like five years later almost and i'm still
3: i'm it's intrigued by the
2: process it, and yeah. it's just you know, i don't know
3: there was another guy john bielman did that name come up i
2: didn't know it could have been a documentary but i never wrote it down is he a is he a navy guy I'm sorry,
3: snopesing this. He was like a 60 year old, whatever. Oh no. no, Uh, His, the deaths of John Bielman and his daughter were linked to the Las Vegas mass shooting via a device found in Steven Paddock's hotel room. Supposedly there was a, well, they're saying this is false. I'm just going to give you the rundown of what happened. Supposedly there is a phone charger that was in the room of Paddock's and yeah, I guess it was linked back to this John Bielman. So it was a phone or like a burner or something like that, that could not be charged. Or so it's like, why is there a phone charged to a phone that cannot be recharged? And recently after that, the 60 year old man took his 27 year old disabled daughter into his backyard, shot her and then shot himself because it linked back to him somehow. So it's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Like that was random. And the plot thick. Yeah. Like what, what uh, the fuck? But you said that was disproved. Yeah. That's what it, that's it's Snopes is saying that's false. In an aftermath of deadly mass shooting... That's what they want us to think. A key witness in the Las Vegas shooting massacre has killed himself and his disabled daughter in a horrific murder-suicide shortly after the FBI raided his home. Oh, yeah, Paddock. Before they even arrived, before police went to investigate his house, it was already ransacked. So it's like, who was there if it wasn't the authorities?
2: Man, I...
3: I yeah. don't know. I, I, I just... The initial thing that I was following, or not, not following, but heard, was the dude seemed like he was set up, like he was an arms runner, so he was making trips back and forth to like mexico and all this and it's like is he involved in something bigger and cartelish or so or i was gonna say why why of all people would he be the one picked to go through with this and I mean, he had yeah. the makings of like nobody would have missed him like he didn't keep company i mean he had a girlfriend who was back and forth overseas he, he didn't seem to attach to her because he was filling out prostitutes and all that and So my thought here is, okay,
2: so did these people promise Paddock, like the FBI or whoever was behind it? If this was in fact a conspiracy theory, did they promise him so much stuff? Like, did they promise him like, okay, if there was three of them in the room and they're shooting or whatever, there's like, all right, so we're going to sneak you out this back door. There'll be a car waiting for you. You drive off, go to the Ogden down the street or wherever it was at the other music festival do what you do there. We have other people there waiting for you. Same thing. Once it's done, we'll get you out. Then you go on. Did they have like all these things? Did they tell him like, you're going to go to all these festivals. You're going to do all these shootings. We're going to give you this amount of money. And maybe that hundred thousand dollars he wired was his good faith money. Like this is your, Oh, like his retainer. Yeah. This is your retainer for doing this. Once this job's completed, you'll have another $250,000 waiting for you or something. But And they had him believe that he was going to be doing all these mass shootings and he'd get away with it. But realistically, they only wanted him to carry out this one and they put a bullet in his head and made it look like it was him while the other ones went out the back door or whatever it was and got away with it. There's something we're
0: not taking into account. Maybe there was a particular, and it could go into the fact that there could be a second shooter that people are talking about in the crowd. Maybe there was... Like, he was contracted by the government or a particular police squad or whatnot, and they had a high-profile target in the crowd they needed to take out, and it was more convenient for them to hire someone to do a mass shooting, knowing that it wouldn't be a high number of casualties because of the equipment he was using. That way they could sneak in the crowd while it was going on and take out a particular target.
3: That's the crazy thing, I think, too, is like— the people who get the blame or they can easily brush it under the rug and blame him. It's like, you don't know that you're the fall guy.
1: You never yeah.
2: know. Well, and if I'm being honest with you, I think Paddock was dead before the first shot
3: even happened. It's a possibility. As in like, he never pulled the trigger. He was, it's killed. very possible, he especially was with and then the, whoever else carried it out. I mean, they, there could be some very clean people. I mean, it's hard with forensics because if you're anywhere, anywhere, then you're leaving evidence. But, I mean, like, rubber gloves and, like, you must have had a hazmat or working force in the system to know how to scrub things itself. But Well, I mean,
2: yeah. when the uh, the FBI and stuff like that, SWAT team, when they went into the room, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a ton of them. So it's just like now you've got all these guys' shit everywhere too. So it's like. They said that two windows were moved, and they're fucking 800-pound windows. Yeah, he took a hammer and shattered them out, which to me, like. Nobody down below got fucked by this glass. Yeah, so it's like 32
0: stories worth of glass falling. No one noticed. Yeah.
2: I don't get it. I don't. I, I really don't. And I feel like we could get really in depth into this. I don't think there's s- too say, much. Say something we probably should. Yeah, uh, we, we have a guy waiting at our houses when we get home. Yeah. Well. This I, hasn't
0: even came out
2: yet. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Comments are satire.
3: Comments are satire. I
2: mean, it's just I, I I and I'm not saying this to backtrack or anything, but I truly have no fucking idea what's Nobody happened does. with this. Like Stephen Paddock could have easily carried this out himself. Stephen and, Paddock did it himself. I mean, there, there's plenty of evidence that points to that, but there's also a lot of evidence that points to he, he didn't act alone. And there, it's just one
0: of those cases that are going to go down in history as who done it?
2: Yeah and
0: steven paddock's the one who did it he took the fall for it whether he did it or not steven
2: paddock did it so that's kind of you know where we're at it was a tragic thing that happened you know i i hate that things like this keep happening right well we're so
0: used to and we're so programmed to be like it was a terrible event happened we got him we're supposed to be happy now why aren't we happy there is no happy ending with well, this. Uh, it's just, with any tragic event. It's there's, supposed to be
2: over. We're supposed to be content that it's over. Right. Is it over? No, it's not. And I mean, that's the thing too. They can push for gun control laws, but gun control laws aren't going to do shit. It's too, <laughs> too little, too late. I mean, it could sound like a broken record and
0: be like, yeah, but if you take the guns away from the good people, then the bad people will have guns. Well taking the guns away from the good people or you're taking them away from the bad people. Yeah, but
2: look how easy it is for people to get guns, period. It really is. I we could go to Bass Pro Shop right now or Cabela's right? and get a, a pawn gun. shop.
0: They don't even do checks yeah. on at pawn oh. shops. I know plenty of good people right now who could go and easily buy a gun and then sell it on Council Bluff Swap.
2: You see and that's the thing too like i went about a year ago now and i did the for the conceal and carry and i got my permit i still haven't gotten it because it's just like i'm to that point where i'm not comfortable shooting a gun to have one on me but at the same time it's also you at least know which way to point it right yeah yeah but it's just like you could be anywhere and some fucking psycho is going to start opening fire on people it's just like Maybe it would be great for me to have that because I might be in the right place at the right time to where his back's turn and I can take him out. I don't know. It's, it's just this world is scary. You can't go anywhere without, you know, I, I went to my first big event last Friday. I went to Ralston Arena to MMA fights that were there. I'd be, I'd say there's probably around like 3000 people there, but it was just like, I was sitting there at the thing and I, I did something that I don't normally do. I was casing out where the nearest exit was. I was just thinking about, okay, if that exit, if somebody comes through that exit, firing, where's the other exit that I can... I'm like, seriously, because it's just like... I feel like that's something I've always done, though. I Well, my, my yeah. brother-in-law, he always does that, too, and he's kind of the one that... Like you go into a restaurant, into you put you back against the door. Yeah. And you know where your best is. It's, like this, it's not a bad idea to do, but at the same time, it's like if shit started going down, I don't know that I'm really going <laughs> to go through with that because I'm going to be panicking, <laughs> trying to figure out, like, ah, that... With my sisters being there, it's like, you know, worrying about their safety and whatnot. But yeah, I went to that event and it's just like somebody could have easily did Uh. something there. And I mean, we're just, we're fishing a barrel.
3: There's two things with that. I mean, like you can be paranoid about it or you can not let that.
2: Well, the paranoia doesn't override being realistic and having fun and stuff like that, but it's there. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, you can't let it dictate your life, but you also, unfortunately, now it has to be
3: part of your life. It sucks, too, like in situations where a tragedy or something just not unfortunate happens. That's not a tragedy, mind you, but you're having fun kind of tends to blame you for like, fuck, man, I should have been alert or something like that. Or I've had accidents where (laughs) like my daughter hit her eyebrow on like a cart when she was just barely walking. It's like, fuck, man, like I was right there. I could have. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, here's the thing. I, I think security needs to step up. I was a security guard at the big venue here in town for four or five years, and I was the front line of defense. And to be honest with you... I could take you. We didn't... Yeah, a lot of people could... <laughs> people could have easily snuck weapons in there. And I can't even probably count the amount of people that had a gun or something on them that just walked past me. Yeah. We looked in women's purses, but a smart person isn't going to put it in their purse. Yeah. I don't know how many knives I've snuck into concerts just by
0: them. We're going to patch you down and fucking put it in your hand and hold your hands up.
2: And like, yeah, they have like, so at Ralston arena for this event, the line was outside and you walk in and they have a metal detector. They have you take your keys and stuff out of your pockets, put it in the thing, walk through. And if it went off, they wanted you. But it's just like, but today you could easily sneak a weapon through. That's not going to set off the metal detector. They, and don't- they pick and choose. And even when I did it, they said pick and choose who you want to wand down, which put a lot of pressure on me. Cause now it's just like, okay, I'm letting five people go, and I'm stopping you. Yeah. Now you're like, what the fuck? What yeah, do I you get like? to be but, prejudiced. But,
3: but here's the thing. Uh, not you behind you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. I had a chain on, and not a big chain, and they made a big fucking deal before I went. Like, you can't go in there with that. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with a chain? I was like, I-, I feel like you should put this effort into patting people down thoroughly if you're going to go. He's got you know. wallet chucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this chain, I mean, even if I wrapped it around my finger, if I punch somebody with it, I'd probably be doing more damage to my right. It still
0: hurts.
3: I t- face.
0: me and my brother went to a baseball game and he is as farmer cowboy as you can get and we get out of the truck and we're walking in and we get the security and they're like all right keys and wallets and cell phones in the bucket and then walk through the metal detector and i walk through and nothing goes off i grab my stuff and he walks through and every bell and whistles going off and they're like all right we get ready to one And he goes all right and he holds up his hands and his shirt comes up he's got fucking pliers and a knife (laughs) and they're like seriously he goes oh shit (laughs) All right. Like back to the truck, Luke Skywalker.
2: (laughs) To sum up things here or to wrap things up with this, it's like, you know, it, it was a terrible thing that happened. People shouldn't have to worry about something like this happen when you're going to event that you're excited for. And that's another thing. Like I watched on YouTube, the promo videos for this route 91 harvest festival for that year where it tells the lineup and stuff like that. And I just think, God, Some of those victims watched this commercial. They were fucking hyped for this. They couldn't wait for this to get here. It got there. They're done. They're, they're no longer with us. Their families now have to deal with stuff like that girl I was talking about that witnessed her her sister. Nobody should have to fucking witness right. a family member or a friend or anybody, for that matter, get shot in the head oh, yeah. and die in their arms. And for what? We <laughs> That was the same year
0: that the Misfits got back together and played Riot Fest in Denver. And I was at that show, and there was over 200,000 people. And I can't imagine... You got money for misfits, but you ain't
2: got money to pay him back? $50. I, mean,
0: I got money to pay him back, yeah.
2: yeah. I, I owe no debts. But, yeah, it's a sad thing, and not that anybody probably from there is listening to this, but, I mean, if you are and you're affected, you know, it sucks. Sorry, you have to go through that, but... I don't know. I, I, I don't know that there's really anything positive you can say to people. Don't shoot people.
3: I I mean, it's. it's I think that's it's, a good start. It's, it, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's is, high
0: up there on the list to getting yeah. over it.
3: But it is. That's probably I one know. of my favorite things I like about you is you you don't shoot people. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't. I've never shot
0: anybody. I, mean, I don't plan on I've it. shot onto my stomach quite a few times, but that's a different story altogether. Yuck.
2: But. Fellas, I, I really, it was a darker episode, but I really felt that this episode flowed. It was fun. It was interesting. I think this is one of our better episodes that we've done in a while. But yeah, so this is episode 39. And yeah. so episode 40 is coming up next. And I
0: think I'm going to do game next week. I haven't done one of those fucking, in a while.
2: You haven't done one. In
0: a I'm going to, but I am throwing this out there. You Honestly, from now on, we've, we've done Justin's punishment and then when you did your game we had a prize and then when we did mine we had punishments no more normal games from now on out no just like haha we had fun from now on if i do any games the loser is getting something done to them like
2: like everything from now on is being stepped up but that's that's not fair because like you pick your topic is always a fucking game right? <laughs> it's, it's not it,
0: the loser has
3: 90 to do
2: like 95% of the time it is and I'm
1: sorry.
3: I am car
0: wash. joyful. Open window. Ca- I needed to get a car wash today, but I, I chose coming here to hang out I with like you guys.
2: Episodes like this, where we actually put thought and we talk about something like a topic or whatever, like this. Like I, I really think that this is a a good example of what future episodes for this should be.
3: Sorry if I try to Enjoy with a the game sprinkled in it. here and there. Not every other episode, but. I, I did have a game for us. We should try. Right now.
0: Okay. Yeah.
3: Hey, put put a, your name on a piece of paper. We're going to do the poopy paper thing. We're going to sit on a piece of paper and see who has the biggest streak. Come uh, on. Let's go. I win. I'm the hairiest. <laughs> <laughs> you shave your asshole, I bet. My asshole? Yeah. I don't put a razor there, but wax yeah, We don't shave.
0: Yeah. I did. And I'll, I'll say this on air. I I waxed my junk uh, uh I'm a, just gonna pull this music. Off. It's been a. It's or been. He about, says wax is junk, and you pull the music. It's off. been about a month now, and I've never done it by myself. But I was like, ah, the hell with it. I'm gonna try it by myself. It's a lot cheaper, and I want to see if I can do it." And I've had I've been waxed before. Like I've had my nipples waxed. I've yeah. had my armpits waxed. I was there for that. Yeah, And That's on un- <laughs> That's uncomfortable. But trying to wax your own junk. Holy fuck buckets! That's on a different level. Like it's impossible. I'm not fat, but I'm stretchy because I was fat, so my skin's a little loose. And I'm like sure it having is. to stretch the skin and put the thing on and then rip it off all at the same time. I don't recommend it.
2: That's why I just go all natural.
0: And I uh,
2: am not Mother
0: Earth.
1: What about my ball sack? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, okay. You could probably start the music up again because I want to get away from this creepy doll that's been sitting next to me for four or five hours now. Every
0: every time you looked away, I wanted to touch the chair and talk
2: more towards you. I was waiting for it to like, its eyes to move or its head to move or something, but I kept
0: looking at it to see if it was looking at me. It never was. I'm kind of sad.
1: Yikes.
2: Oh. Again we enjoy all of you Thank you for listening to us As long as we still have one listener Listening to us We'll keep doing these podcasts It's worth it But uh, coming up uh, Our next episode in two weeks Will be BBT movie review of Justin's movie The Protector
3: You're welcome The Projector Yeah which has Tony Ja Latif Crowder Dos Santos Which means of the saint La Queen <laughs> Yeah it's going to be a lot of fighting and
2: probably subtitles. I'm sure the plot yeah. is super in-depth. It is. Well, we'll find out from elephant whether it is. But, <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy your day, your evening, your night, whatever it is.
3: Process we'll, your shit. We'll,
2: we'll, we'll talk at you soon. Zazzle.com.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Join us next time for more absurdity that
2: only the guys from the boundless Pod trap can bring you.